Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagging Broadcast, episode number 289. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories for the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out January 13th, 2016. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And last week, since we did our 2015 look back, it's only fitting that this week we do our 2016 look forward where we take a look at some of the stuff coming out in 2016 that we're most excited for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and we always start every show right after announcing what we're going to do in the show <laughs> with having a beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what Paul and I are drinking is from Brooklyn Brewery. And this is Sorachi Ace Saison. Uh, this is brewed with a new hop that was found in Japan in 2008. Did they grow it in Japan, or did they find it in Japan? They they found it in Japan. It was a like a they climbed the they climbed Mount Fuji, and at the very top was this new was hop. This, was this new hop? No, yeah, Sriracha. they just uh, sriracha. Oh, sriracha. Because sriracha is all the rage. <laughs> uh, which I don't get. I don't like sriracha at all. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't think it's sauce. that good. Um, but this is a nice saison, nice little kind of lemongrass flavor to it. Um, easy, easy drinking for being like 7.9%. Yeah. It is easy drinking. It is a little on the watery side. I had this a couple nights ago. Not had It, it had not been refrigerated, mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved it. With it coming being more cold here, you're not getting all those great yeah. flavors. Yeah. Right now, I'm not getting... I'm getting a little bit of the, uh, you know, Belgian-y spice to it, but, you know, nothing more than that. You know, especially if I'm supposed to be tasting the hop, this new hop. Uh, when it's warm, hop. you get it, because I absolutely loved this beer like two nights ago when I got home from work and had it. Um, but we, you also, like myself, we're doing this in the afternoon, and you just pounded your coffee right before we recorded. Of course. Uh, but I've been I've taken quite a few sips now. And yeah. doing small sips because, you know, I wanted to warm up. But I, I think... It, to get my palate acclimated again. Yeah. But yeah, it needs to warm up. Uh, maybe we'll throw it in the microwave or something. I'm, yeah. Throw your beer yeah, in the microwave. Do that, Paul. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, what you do want to do, listeners, is before you open that can of beer, put that in the microwave. The whole can. The whole can. Don't, don't, don't open it. Don't, it. don't break the seal. You want to keep the freshness in there when you like it. Yeah, I mean that's it's going to heat more uh, thoroughly. Because <laughs> yeah. the atoms circulate more. Uh-huh. Horrible, horrible suggestion. People are dumb. If they do anything <laughs> that we say, they're just dumb. Except for you know reading and review us and then going to. Amazon. Well, no, com. see, they're not dumb. Anymore. They're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they do nothing dumb. that we ask. Uh, <laughs> uh, but what are you having, Chris? Uh. My beer is actually a new one from Founders, and this is their Azaka, or Azaka India Pale Ale. I saw this um, on uh, the store shelves. I was like, yeah, um, this is this is a little bit newer. It came out, I think, about last month. Um, no, it's an IPA using a different tile, uh, style of hop, the Azaka hop, which I think they just found in uh, the mountains of Japan, if I'm <laughs> remembering things correctly from before. Mm-hmm. Um no, it's good. It's a nice drier hop. It's a little bit fruity on the on the front, but then you get kind of like that 
dryness on the back end. Um, a little mango-y flavor to it. Um, hold on, I'm going to take another sip. Ooh, I hope there's mango. On the package, it says like mango. I mean, it could be. It could be a mango. I mean, it's a. <clears throat> it's like a mango citrus hop. Yeah, it's a citrusy, fruity tropicalness. I like it. I don't think it's going to be my go-to IPA, but it's something good, something different to try. Uh, I bought a six-pack of it. I will have no issues, no finishing it. I can't see myself drinking multiples of these in a day. It's kind of like a one-and-done beer. Uh, that's the one thing I wanted to bring up, too, about this beer, the Sriracha Ace. Uh, it's a four-pack. The beer's up, you know, seven-plus percent. Uh, guess how much this four-pack was. Was it twelve ninety nine? No. Lower? Yes. Nine ninety nine? Lower. Seven ninety nine. Lower. What? Wow. Are you seven saying- seven forty nine? All right. Still, yeah. Don't give me that. Well, I guess seven ninety nine. It's still yeah. lower than seven ninety nine by forty cents. Yeah, but still, you include the bottle return on that, and you're basically at seven ninety nine. Uh, Fifteen cents. But I mean, a nice drinking beer for that price. You'd expect, you know, a four pack like that at a seven plus, especially from Brooklyn, um, who I think charge a little bit more for their beer than they should. I'm falling off from Brooklyn. I have. I haven't been a Brooklyn fan in uh, in years. Yeah, I don't think I've I've touched anything from them. You know what did it for me? It was their blackout black ops, uh, you know, specialty beer that just was so water. It was just like, oh, I spent twenty like three bucks on this bomber bottle that's supposed to be an bourbon aged beer, and it's just like nothing came through. I, I actually have a bottle of a Brooklyn beer that I can try next after this one then. Ooh. Yeah. I, I saw it on the shelves. It's something I hadn't seen before, so I grabbed like one bottle of it and made a six pack, so Nice. Nice. Maybe what? maybe nice. Probably not, we'll see. Cause uh, same boat, like I haven't really had anything from Brooklyn that's wowed me. Mm-hmm. So I kinda always pass by them, but you know, new year, new beer, so why not? Yeah. Right. And talking about, you know, things that haven't really wowed us, this week's news. This week's news. Uh, this is one of those news articles that I saw and read and was like, are these people nuts? And that was the online petition going around to bring back George Lucas to the Star Wars franchise. Hmm. What? Yeah. Well, the reason this was posted... Is it was done with the whole idea of like, oh, what a great way to finish out the new trilogy with the person that started the original one coming back to close close the book. Uh, the, for the last one, yeah, this is yeah. this is what I call internet trolling, though. This is what it is. It's it's they're trolling. Everybody so. loves this new one, and everybody's like, oh yeah, this is this is great. The prequels were shit. This is good. Let's keep growing, and uh. They're like, oh, everybody seems to, everybody's of this opinion. So guess what we're going to do? Offer this opposite opinion because it's what internet trolls do. <laughs> In- internet. I thought you said internaturals. I was like, is that some new term I haven't heard before? <laughs> internaturals. You know, it's like intramurals, but it's for uh, internet trolls. Yeah, it's their it's their uh, league. Intertrolls. Intertrolls. 
I, well, I mean, it, it, it made sense, like, after I sounded it out a little bit more, but when I first heard it, I was like, internaturals? Is that just people that live naturally online? Like, is that... What it is? Nobody lives naturally online. I was about to go ape shit because I thought you were talking about the petition when you said it makes sense, mm-hmm. and I was going to be like, "Are you fucking insane? What just happened?" See, <laughs> see, that's the that's the correct and real response to this news story. So it has to be trolling, right? I don't like, know. there's there's people that do like the prequels and. George Lucas, and maybe what he said, you know, two weeks ago struck a chord with him. Maybe they feel like he was slighted somewhat, and they want to see what he does. Like, no, I don't personally. I think that's dumb. And George Lucas has the right. Those, as, those are the same people that don't rate and review us online. Those and uh, put put their beer cans in microwaves. <laughs> George Lucas has the same right as anybody else to publish his fan fiction online. Like, go ahead, and then we we can all read it and be like, okay, cool. Uh, Glad that didn't get made into a movie. Or he can make a fan movie. He can do it. Like, he let all the... There was uh, George Lucas in Love. That was a fun fan film. That was the... You remember that? It was like a parody of uh, Shakespeare in Love? No. It was like a five-minute thing online. I I remember it, but I never watched it. I remember it was a thing, though. There was that Italian uh, Star Wars, like, weird abduct, you know, weird thing where they find, like, this old Sith, like, Bait, uh, like Star Destroyer, like that was a derelict ship, and you know suddenly people start falling to the dark side. That was pretty good. I, you had to read it all in subtitles, but you know this stuff is all on YouTube and it's fun. Like George, go ahead, you got your four billion dollars. <laughs> Make yourself a fan a, film, a small fan film. Like yeah, yeah. publish you it to that. YouTube. YouTube Red, make some money. You love making money, George. Get at it. Yeah, he, nobody's stopping you. He did give a lot of that. He did give a lot of money away to charities. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, he also owns a lot of stock in Disney too, doesn't he? He bought like half of the deal was in like Disney stock trade. So he's actually sitting pretty pretty with uh, the movie like being the number one grossing movie of all time now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so is Harrison Ford because after this uh, came out that he's once again the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Wait, highest- not only did he get paid like a buttload of money, but he also gets a percentage of the box office, Ooh. which I think netted him like $50 million or something. I don't remember what the article said, but like, so highest paid a crazy actor. amount of money. So this isn't the same thing as, uh, that, what's his name from Cliff Clavin from, uh, from Cheers, where he was like the actor in the most highest grossing movies of all time. Like, no, anything. this is like he gets the most money for being in movies. Uh, Ooh. Before it was him originally, but then I think it became Robert Downey Jr. But yeah. now uh, Star Wars like catapulted him back up. Yeah, because yeah, he got uh, he got a percent of gross. Unlike sometimes you get stuff on the back end where you never take net. Yeah, in Hollywood, never yeah. take net. You never take the back end stuff because, like, Tom Hanks still has never gotten paid for Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. even though it made a like gazillion dollars. He's still never seen anything because they're like, no, we didn't, no, we didn't earn a profit. Sorry. Oh, yeah, because the studio itself says, well, this is, you know, it's not like just this one movie cost us this overhead. Overhead costs for the entire studio are this. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, always take gross percent box office. Little tip, all you listeners that are in Hollywood 
that are going to make millions of dollars in Star Wars movies. <laughs> and then make Star Wars fan films. Yeah, it makes us... That's yeah. where the real money's at. Well, come on. Like, if he's that upset and people want to <clears> see it, just petition George Lucas to make it into a, you know, make his... Yeah, he's got the money film. to do it himself. Yeah. Nobody's stopping him. He, he can do it. He can oh. easily do it. Yeah. No, we had Empire State of Mind, that parody music video. That was great. Nobody stops these people from making whatever they want. Nobody stopped Weird Al in all these years of his parody movies. There was a, also the re, the shot made, the fan made a re, retake of episode uh, The New Hope, where it was six seconds of everybody's like fan films, like all strung together. Remember that? The I other. remember that. We talked about it. Yeah. That was fun. You can do it. Talking about us and talking about edits and cuts. J.J. Uh, Abrams said uh, the Blu-ray slash DVD release of Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, will not have an extended cut included. There is no extended cut. They will include deleted scenes, but it's not like there's going to be a special edition extended cut or a special edition director's cut. Good. I'm okay with that. I feel like I saw a pretty complete movie. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. He said originally they shot over two hours and fifty minutes, and we, what we hit in theaters was two hours and sixteen minutes. So he's like, no, everything that hit the cutting room floor kind of needed to be there. Yeah, because there were some fans that are like, oh, you see the snippet from this trailer? It wasn't included in the movie. What happened? Editing happened. Yeah, Editing. or also that was a cool scene. Mm-hmm. We just can't use it. It doesn't fit. Doesn't fit yeah. the pacing. Yeah. So, I, I thought it was interesting. What other? Any other Star Wars news? Since we're a Star Wars podcast, <laughs> I think that was all the Star Wars news I had. But to stay with Disney-owned properties, uh, we got the Daredevil season two trailer and premiere date, which is bumped up from what we thought it was going to be at March eighteenth. Um, this is going to be on Netflix. And this comes out right before uh, Superman versus Batman, which originally it was mm. said that it was going to come out on the same day the movie premiered. Uh, but now this has been pushed forward a few days to uh, just get people ready, <laughs> just prime them up. Have you guys seen the new uh, TV spots for the Superman versus Batman? Uh, I might have seen them online. I don't know if I actually saw them. Saw them though. Okay. Well, they're the same clips from. There's nothing really new there's from. Nothing, there's like a one like one piece of dialogue that's different mm-hmm. from what we've seen in the trailers. And also, you got to see the Batmobile. Like you know how it's crashed, and then Superman's walking up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman basically Tokyo drifts into Superman to try to hit him, and it just causes the Batmobile to spin out, and Superman doesn't even move. Yeah. So are we saying this is a unofficial? Fast and the Furious it's a, Yeah, it is. It's a tie-in. Wow. <laughs> it's Fast 8. Uh, They're so furious, they have to fight each other. Did you guys see also, Neil, they talked to Neil deGrasse uh, Tyson Tyson about who would win in a fight? And, and he says Batman? He said Batman would win, yeah. But he said, like, a better fight would be Iron Man versus Batman. And I think <laughs> Iron Man would win. Just. Is it, we're, we're using him to his fullest extent. Did you, did you see he came out after Star Wars and talked about how all the science doesn't work in Star Wars? Well, that's what And at was. the same time, you're like, guys, hey, shut up. He did the same thing to Gravity. He did the same thing to The Martian. That's what he does now is because he wants, because there's so much bad science out there that he wants to put in 
yeah. his take. And that's what people ask him to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with him just saying cool things, though, I guess. So with the trailer of this new show coming out, we also get news of a cancellation on a new show we were supposed to be getting, and that's TNT canceling the Teen Titans, or just Titans TV show they were talking about doing. Hmm. Uh, and what they kind of said was, we'd still like to do something, but everything just wasn't falling into the place. If we yeah, they, they blamed it on the script. They said it just didn't really come together. Which I'm, I'm okay with them not following through on something. That isn't great. I feel like it's not going to be like quality mm-hmm. um, especially because they said there are a lot of entrants into this kind of comic book TV universe now um, you don't want to be in the back of that pack that's true but they did lead the way with Witchblade for years Witchblade was on TNT it was their own original like they they started you know they had it they were like the only name in the game uh, name in the game yeah uh, for a while there with the Witchblade television series uh, and I think something, too, that also scared him away was, like, the DC Legends of Tomorrow show. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they might not get a second season just because CW came out and said this was a lot more expensive than we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might not be a second season of that because just price cost of having mm-hmm. all those major superheroes, not just one superhero mm-hmm. with a team behind it. Well, I don't understand, like, why they throw so much about wanting to get a full season. Like, comic book fans, they're okay with, like, look at what we we put up with Doctor Who with split seasons, like six episodes, and then it comes back, and then it's the final six episodes of the season. Uh, Walking Dead, which only gives you the 13 episodes, 12 episodes. And they split their seasons, too. And they split it up, too. So, and Legends of Tomorrow starts in January, so it's getting a half season as well, but... No, don't. And we we'll put up with some bad special effects. We're fine, you know. Like as long as we get good stories, the special effects can be and good character moments. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you even what we we're just talking about, like the Netflix series, mm-hmm. that's only what twelve episodes. Yeah, yeah. But Netflix has some money that they're willing to just throw at things right now. Well, they got to do something with all that money they have. Yeah, I'm wondering what Steam's going to do with all their money. 2015, $3.5 billion. Wow. I know. Half of it was mine. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, most of that came from Paul. Not playing the games. <laughs> Not playing the games. Well, I think... Easy money. I think that's... None of them work. That's why they That's why they run those Steam sales, is to get people like you that's like, well, I gotta get that game. Do I'll you... never play it, but it's only $3. Like, Do you even like that game? No. What is $3? I don't even like that style of game. Sounds stupid. Lovers in the time of an infinite space crisis. I don't know what that means. Let's get it. Ninety nine cents. I love that you have all those like the uh, those space horror games. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead space. Like Dead oh, space. 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 I got those because they came in a bundle. Yeah, I know, but it's still like they came in a bundle. Like it would have been more expensive for me not to get them <laughs> in the bundle. But I still just thought, like, wait, no, you, I, I still have your uh, Dead, Dead Space 2. Oh, for Xbox? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even realize. Yeah, I know, because I was like, I can't give this back to Paul. I give him nightmares. <laughs> just being in the house, it. it would scare him. <laughs> it would just scare me. 
No, because sometimes like, because I do buy uh, not directly through Steam, but uh, hum- humble bundles, and you know that goes to charity mostly. So, because you can actually sh- choose how much char- money goes to charity, and they come in a bundle, and like you get the game code. So, what are you gonna do? And the winter sale was so good to me this year. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> so many games. <sighs> I just. We live in Buffalo. We've all lived through it. I love you can that. get snowed in at any moment and be stuck in the house for a week. What are you going to do? You're going to play those video yeah. games finally. Uh, I do not think you'll be successful at that, Paul, no, because you have a wife that'll make you do other things. And shovel. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there's no point in shoveling because the street isn't cleared. So we have a clear driveway. Can't get anywhere. <laughs> you can play, play Foursquare out there. Yep. My favorite thing is like you have all these games that you could have played during the snowpocalypse. Mm-hmm. I sat home and hooked up my Super Nintendo and played Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3 for th- four days. That sounds great. It was Equally pretty good. I think 2 is my favorite. Really? The dream one. I like 2. Pulling radishes. Uh, 3. I ha- I have to go three. It's like if you go if you sit and play all three mm-hmm. in a row, two's like a little more challenging. It's a little more fun. It's mm-hmm. different. Well, because it wasn't originally in a Mario game. I know. I like two. I was more talking to the listeners that might not know the history of Super Mario. John two. didn't know that. John did know that it wasn't that. originally. You know why? Because Paul's game. told me on this podcast before. Oh, really? <laughs> well, long-time listeners know. <laughs> uh, but listeners, find us over on Facebook Dream and Pack. let us know what your favorite yeah. Super Mario's is. Still one for me, just because it's it's the classic one. It's the one that I actually know, because 2 and 3 I never played until like Game Boy Advance came out, and I got them for that. And I don't think I've ever sat through and actually cleared all of 3. I've seen it get cleared. Because other because uh, actually Scott and uh, Matt Zelinsky, friends of the show, friends of mine, producer Scott and Matt, a friend of mine, came over uh, and they, they played and uh, beat three. And, and and you just sat and watched them? Yeah. Because they were over and we were just hanging out. And they, we played through it. Was that on your Wii? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other video game news. If... Segway, random. Uh, Half-Life 3, talking about a series of video games uh, that takes years to come out. Uh, it hit another snag, and this is uh, Mark Laidlaw, uh, one of the head writers for Half-Life, has retired. This game has been in development so long that we've seen somebody that came to Valve uh, while Half-Life 1 was being in development, comes to do some writing, now Half-Life 3 is yet to come out, and he is he announced his retirement. And he said, uh, guys, you can stop asking me questions about Half-Life 3, because I won't know, because I'm gone. I might stop into the Valve office every once in a while, because the cafeteria kicks ass, and also I like to steal their spoons. Because why spend, why spend money on spoons when you can steal them from work for free? I guess so. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Uh, I really loved Half-Life 1. Uh, Half-Life 2 didn't like it nearly the as much. The gravity gun is so cool! 
I've, I've never played any of the Half-Life games. It took so freaking long to even get into that game. It's also very puzzly, Half-Life 2. It's not as much of a straight shooter as Half-Life. Half-Life 1 so it still had quite a bit of puzzles. Yeah. These are games I played and finished. <laughs> Whoa! Hey. Uh, I didn't play the episodes yet, though. I didn't bother with that. But, um... I, I really enjoyed Half-Life 2. You know, the whole... The, it's a different the, game. The zombie area, where it's all the puzzles. I don't even you. know if I got that far, because Rural I was just... Raven, welcome to Ravenclaw? Ravenclaw? Or something like that? The... Ravenclaw! <laughs> it's this one town uh, that's been... Ravenclaw? Yeah, something like that. Where it just... And you're, like, there's parts of it, and you're like, oh, this is where Left 4 Dead came from. This is... This level here is the start of Left 4 Dead, because you actually go up to a church, and you're just waiting for the guy to unlock the door for you to get in. And, you know, you're getting overrun by these headcrab zombies and stuff, so you're like, yep. This is this is where this comes from. I just played that level with Future Wife last week. Mm. Cool. <laughs> and then we got... Uh, Board gaming news. Board gaming news. Remember last week when we talked about Asmodee just like eating up everything here in North America? Fantasy two, Flight. Two, two companies eating yeah. up it all. Yeah. Uh, Asmodee now probably one of the most recognizable games since Monopoly. I'll just say it. Uh, Klaus Tiber's uh, Catan, a.k.a. Settlers of Catan. They're making a movie of that. <laughs> Jeepers creepers. Uh, Catan is now... <laughs> oh, I, your my phone. phone's ringing. <laughs> Uh, Paul just stopped and like turned his head and looked, and then turned back and like, not important, and went back to talking. And I was like, "What just happened?" And then I saw his phone was ringing. I thought he was looking for the game on its shelf to be like, "Yeah, I own it." Now back to news. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Asmodee has now required the rights from uh, Mayday Games. Right, Mayday, uh, Mayday Games, saying that uh, they will be now the sole produce uh, distributors for Catan in North America. So, this is probably the biggest, highest sell- one of the highest selling games since uh, you know Monopoly. Yeah. And now they own the rights to it here in North America. So, I think it's kind of a huge. You don't need for them. to die. It's crazy that that's like that much. The biggest I didn't, game. I didn't need to- is it not that good? It's not that good. Uh, but also, did he, didn't somebody mention uh, Left 4 Dead 3 coming out soon? Um, well, maybe, because that's one of the current rumors, because, hey, if we're going to be talking about Half-Life, we might as well be talking about mm-hmm. some other Valve stuff. Uh, possibly Left 4 Dead 3 coming out in 2017 is the current rumor. Ooh. For I all mean, systems or just for Xbox? I really didn't see anything about it. I so. hope it's all systems. Well, PS3 or PS4 architecture is more is closer to the PC architecture than PlayStation 3 was because that was the only reason why it took so long for Valve to release a PlayStation 3 version of their games because it was harder for them to port it over. But one, PlayStation 4 is basically the system of choice for gamers right now. You know, they have the they have the most market penetration, so it would be stupid for them not to. What what? Is it penetration? Oh, oh, that's true. I might be a little drunk. <laughs> well, we did drink a big boy, and oh, it is drinking, lunchtime, and I'm we probably didn't two. eat lunch. We I've probably both now. had breakfast only, right? Yes. Yeah, me too. What'd you have? Uh, eggs, bacon, and toast with jam. Yum. And a clementine, because clementines are 
nature's miracle for Christmas. Mm. I mm. had uh, eggs poached, mm-hmm. bacon, Ooh. hollandaise sauce, and then a Yuck. black bean uh, roasted corn garlic hash. Did we go out? No. At home? Yeah. Look at you. Every Sunday, Caitlin and I, because we both love Eggs Benedict, we do some variation of Eggs Benedict. <laughs> Borrow my camera and start a cooking section on Bag and Board's YouTube. Call it uh, Bag and Board Benedict. Uh, every Sunday, every Sunday at 2 o'clock, we show you how to make another Benedict egg. We actually should, because guess what kind of Eggs Benedict we had last week? I, I, how would I guess? Uh, we had a, a piece of toast, uh-huh. a layer of uh, king crab. Okay, walk me through it slower now, because this sounds sexy. Poached eggs. Ooh, yeah, poach them eggs. Hollandaise sauce. Soft boil them. Ooh, I love a good soft boil on my I forget what we had for a side with that. Mm. We might not have crab, anything. maybe some fruit, maybe some melon. No melon. <laughs> no melon. No, I don't remember. I think we just had that. Because melon and crab go well together. Yeah. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, they the like uh, zip. <laughs> Chris, you open a new beer. What would that? What? What did? You, what are you? Well, blah blah. You uh, drink. You drink beer. What you have? <laughs> this is from uh, Brooklyn, and this is the Brooklyn Defender, and this is actually a beer brewed in conjunction with the New York Comic Con. Uh, to be the official beer of NYCC. Uh, the label was actually drawn by comic book artist Carrie Randolph. So I, like I said before, I don't normally drink Brooklyn beer. Like I, I haven't sworn them off, mm-hmm. but they just don't put stuff out that I like. But the label caught my attention, so I figured, hey, I'll give this a shot. And yeah, it's an IPA. That's it. Like nothing great, nothing bad. It's like a solid three out of five. Um, but I appreciate the fact that they're like teaming up with another New York institution with a uh, New York Comic Con, and they actually had a awesome comic book artist, but he's not really well known. Uh, do the label for this? Yeah, that it, is cool. It's like a football player running on it, though, right? What nerds can't enjoy football? <laughs> no, I mean he's he's got like he looks like a football player with like a cloak on. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I, I, I could see that, but yeah, I mean, he's running. I, I don't know. It's a guy running. <laughs> he's got a mask. He could be. He could be Doctor Who. That guy always runs. <clears throat> and Paul, no, it's, you... it's not bad. I, I, I like it, but I, I'm glad I just got one bottle of this and not a six pack. Yeah, that that first beer hit us hard. Um, because I try to focus on this label, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> all right. I can at least focus on the label. Yeah, I can focus it, but it took me a second. It took me longer than I thought it should. I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, <laughs> we're drinking sp- Long Trails Space Juice, which contains no juice. It even yeah, says yeah. that on the label. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because you can't juice space. It's a vacuum. Mm. There's, if you try to juice space, you know what you get? More just space vacuum. I thought, I you, I thought you were going to get cheese. Uh, this is only 8.7% alcohol by volume, and this is their double IPA of the cosmic kind. Now, John, you told me that this beer supposedly rivaled, or was this just a hair down or a notch down from when Hetty Topper? 
<laughs> and I spent on a four pack of these tall boy cans, one point cans, fifteen dollars. Just to spy my fifteen dollars spent. Uh, well, what I said is, look for space juice. I hear it's as good as heady. It's a rival to heady topper. Uh, uh, what does that sound to you like to you, listeners? I just repeated what you just said to me. <laughs> yeah. No, but I just said look for it. I didn't expect you to buy it, or if you did buy it, I thought you would buy just one key. You did. You did sell it as that though last week mm-hmm. off show. Um, it's not a bad beer. You get a lot of malt from it um, with kind of that citrus pop at the end. You get mm-hmm. malt right up front, citrus at the end. I'm down to just a sliver left in my glass, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm loving it right now. Yeah. Like, it took a little bit for my mouth to get acclimated, but now I'm super, super loving it. Well, that was all of the fake out, because this is a really good IPA. I really enjoy this. <laughs> like, from the first... John was like, oh, you don't need to pour that much, Paul. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh... Did I just waste like fifteen? No, bucks? I wanted more. <laughs> oh, geez. you want some more? You no, can I'm take good. some out of my glass. No, we split um, pretty even. No, but this is is yeah. It says right there, dude. It's not contained juice. Uh, I, I've only had Heady Hopper once, so it's hard for me to say. But this is really good. this for a double IPA. This is really good. Um, fifteen ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine. Good. You know, it's a limited release, so once a year. Treat yourself, you know? Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Uh, uh, no, I saw nice. this um, I saw this in a beer review of the best mm-hmm. beers of 2015. And this was the last one they reviewed, and it said, you know, seasonal release mm-hmm. or special release. And it said this beer, and it said that, like, it, if you can't find Hetty Topper in your area, this is, like, the next best thing. Um, that has a wide market release. And mm-hmm. this is a great double IPA. Really nice drinking. Malt right up front with that citrus pop right towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all piney. I see you're saying malty, and I'm like getting all this at piney IPA up front. And then the and then pop the citrus? of citrus. Yeah. Maybe my malt is your pine. Yeah. Maybe your. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's enjoyable if you are okay with that heavy drying IPA style because man you take a sip and then a minute later your tongue is just sandpaper not as bad as a Sierra Nevada like celebration not as bad yeah as, that's like, rough this I mean this is enjo- this but is this enjoyable. is the enjoyable side of that so we're we're, we're not to the point of just pain <laughs> drying out pain that we're at the point of drying out you know, a little pleasure uh, so, double IPA, I have to say, this is one of my favorite double IPAs right now. Granted, I don't often seek out double IPAs. I'm cool with staying with just, you know, the minor league of just regular IPAs. But I think I'd pick this up again. Yeah. Or you have at least three in the basement to mm-hmm. drink. But they're IPAs, so I can't let them sit all that long. No. I actually picked up some white IPAs today. Ooh, just as, like, like, backups, because... Talking about them last week, I was like, eh, I haven't had one in a while. So refreshing and good. They're refreshing. Especially down where you are, where it's always hot. Yeah. Muggy. It's like in the 70s here. <laughs> First creepers. I, I, hey, I, I drove over to Paul's in a hoodie today. And it's <laughs> nice. You know, the second week of January. It is in the 40s, in but it's, we're going to get that snowstorm. It's coming tonight. But I still got to wear a hoodie over here. That's true. 
Uh, and we still get to talk about the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out uh, whenever they come out. Right, John? The 13th. The 13th. You know why? You have it written down. I didn't even look. I know. It's in my, yeah. little, it's in my little book, and that's closed with the pen on top. Mm. So, John, what is Chris looking forward to? Because we haven't had that joke in a while. I bet it's a Batman book. It is. <laughs> uh, oh. It's going to be Robin War number two, uh, written by Tom King. King art by, hey, Carrie Randolph, who drew the beer label for what I'm drinking right now. Did um, you pick that, too? Did you pick that? No. Oh. No, I, I didn't pick that. But Robin uh, War, number two. Robin War, number two. I've been a terrible comic book reader, and I've really fallen off just with the holidays and trying to get back on track with uh, actually having a social life outside of working two jobs. So uh, I haven't read comic books recently, so by picking Robin War, number two, I mean, hey, I'm excited to go and read all of Robin War. Um and then finish up with two this week. Mm-hmm. That'll be it's good. It's been hard to do stuff. Even last week when I had like the day off, I was looking forward to reading comic books, and I just didn't. Because everything else is also available to you. You know, it's like I could read comics, or I could just sleep in and just sleep. Sleeping in, like, <laughs> it's so good. Things. I'm just saying. Sleeping in is awesome. It does not get enough credit. Or just taking a nap in the <laughs> afternoon. I might... Do that next. I can't nap. Gonna, oh, I love to nap. I can't do it. I can't fall asleep. Like, there's I, I been very few it. times that I've done it. Like, I think napping, I've done like maybe five times in my entire life, and I'm almost 33. I like napping. Like, back when it was a napping is the one reason I used to hide and run away from uh, <laughs> the after school program, like daycare. Like, I used to hop fences as like a kindergartner and first grader i used to hide in people's backyards and bushes hopping fences in order to avoid daycare because they made me take a nap i didn't like it i couldn't do it well now if someone was like hey paul take a nap i'd, I'd be like okay uh I yeah, learned- if i as an adult I'd be like you need to take a nap now i'd be like okay i want to be able like, to do it I'll just- like, we set aside a special time during the day you just like lay down, go to sleep. Oh, I can't fall asleep. I can't Chris, fall asleep during the day. I think we need to move it. where siestas are a thing. Because I mean, we're really. I don't get it. Glorious. <laughs> like I get anxious. I can't make myself fall asleep. See, I lo- even if I don't take a nap, nap, but I just kind of lay down and just totally like veg out and kind of like just. Just like doze for a little bit. Yeah, it's called meditation. Yeah, if we just have a meditation thing where I can just close my eyes, shut down for a little bit. Like anytime I'm feeling tired, if I take like a cat nap, which is just like you know ten minutes of me just with my eyes closed, I'm good to go. I can't do it. Like I try to do it every once in a while during like my because I get an hour lunch that I don't really get to take. Every once in a while, I'm like I just gotta lay down for an hour like in my car, but I still can't fall asleep really. I never feel like it's any good. I just can't do it. Uh, I used to, when I was working like five, stresses me out. When I was working like five to two thirty every day, mm-hmm. like I would come home and just lay on the couch, maybe pass out for like an hour, and then I felt great. Because mm-hmm. I still oh, I was still staying up, I was still staying up to like one in the morning and <laughs> getting up at five. And so right after you take that nap, you would read a comic book, right, John? And what comic book would that be? Listen, if it was out, 
during that time. Screw you, pal, because for some reason in 2016, you think you're the new John. <laughs> so just talk about the book that you're picking. That's just the same <laughs> book that I'm picking. Well, this one looked interesting. This is from IDW. It's the new number one. <laughs> this is what they okay, call John. <laughs> and this is uh, written by uh, Ben Dudek. And this is Apollo's uh, Cider Burns, who's been trying to lie, cheat, and steal his way into the magic community for years. And now he's got all Don't the tools. Don't make eye contact me when you read this. <laughs> now he's got all the tools necessary to unlock this world of magic in this alternate history of World War II New York City, where magic has run amok. Yeah, that's my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's a John pick. It is a John pick. It's a very, very John pick. Uh, if I had to pick a different book, it would be Agents of no, S.H.I.E.L.D. No, you don't get to pick a new one. That's our book. <laughs> We're together on that. Do not talk about another book. You stole my thunder? You take my thunder. I gave you the chance to take your own thunder. And you decided to pass that thunder off to me. Yeah, I know. You take we, it. We had thunder we are, hot potato. We're thunder buddies. Now shut up. Yeah, shut up. No, I can't shut up. You know why? No, that's, you know not, why? It's the rules. Because now it's time for a dramatic reading from Bizarro. Number six, page three, panel four. boo Ray, Segways. Gordo, what's the what? Oh, I'm uh, sorry, Mr. Olson, but the uh, Canadian government was alerted that you and uh, Mr. Bizarro might be passing through. And uh, I'm so very sorry but, uh, about this, uh, but we've been instructed to turn you away. <laughs> and that was a dramatic reading from Bizarro, issue six, page three. Panel four. Your Canadian got very Mexican. Sorry. Sorry, They had to turn you away. Miguel? He he grew up, he emigrated to Canada. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. You should do the, uh, he mentioned you were a Christmas special lost years. You follow his kids, like, after they get kicked out of Eternia. He took a sip right when you turned Mexican, and it made him laugh, and he could barely get on mic to be like... And that was a dramatic reading. I was stifling it, stifling it. Couldn't stifle it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. That's what happened. Sorry, I tried. <laughs> and I don't remember where we left off before our pause, but hey, that's going to lead us into our next beer. Mm. Was that was that good, Paul? That was great. What is your okay. next beer, Chris? Uh, my next beer is actually another beer from Funky Buddha. I've had them a couple times here Ooh. on the show. Um, and this is their Nib Smuggler, which is a chocolate milk porter. Ooh. Ooh, okay, so uh, like chocolate nibs. That's what they're smuggling. Like, like chocolate nibs. Uh, closest thing I can kind of compare this to is the left-hand milk stout, but with a little bit more of a chocolate sweet on the front. Mm-hmm. Sounds um, good. It, it's nice. It's pretty light. Um, it's not as like heavy as something like the nitro milk stout from left hand. Um, I'm sorry I keep going to them, but that's probably like the milk stout that I've had the most of, so it's like the most familiar to my palate. And I think it'd be um, the easiest thing that anyone could compare something to, because you could yeah, it's easily readily find available. left hand. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this is this is actually really nice. I actually just got this in my craft room six-pack thing, uh, so I have the one bottle, but this is something that I think I, I would drink more of. Um, 
just after doing a couple IPAs in a row, I wanted something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you don't get much different, more different you, you than don't a get stout. Much different. Like I, I, I needed like a nice solid like I, I shouldn't say foundation beer, but I, I needed something darker, not as like hoppy, like something a little bit sweeter. And uh, this is actually hitting on all those notes. So I don't know if it's just like after everything else I've had, this is hitting the spot, or if it's just really what I want in a uh, like chocolate milk porter, but. Yeah. Sounds good. good. I just picked up uh, accidentally two four packs of creme brulee because I went to the store uh, two different stores this this past week and I'm like, "Oh, four pack of creme brulee. I'll eat that. That'll be great." And then I went to yeah, the well. store like 4 days later and I'm like, "You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about aging <laughs> some creme brulee. It's in the four pack now. I'll pick that up." I, have- I come home and I'm like, putting away the beer and i'm like son of a gun <laughs> i already bought a four pack it's a good problem to have i got a creme brulee from last year that's going to be a year in mm. two months That'd like it's so good it's march and i'm thinking i i want to give it that 16 month try because that's mm-hmm. when we had that creme brulee that was amazing mm-hmm. at 16 months maybe i'll wait to 13 months I don't yeah know. yeah yeah uh, uh, but we're not. We're drinking the exact opposite of that super sweetness <laughs> of creme brulee right now. We're, we're drinking a sour. We're drinking a sour, and this is a sour a- ale aged in wine barrels with blueberries. Mm-hmm. And this is very well done. This is from Almanac Brewery out of California, and this is their farm to barrel series. And this is they took their hand picked blueberries put them in the wine barrel with their sour ale that they mm-hmm. brew. And you get, like, that blueberry pie taste that just goes... Like, it's like okay. you took a bite of a blueberry pie and then took a sip of a sour. Uh, yeah, I get the blueberry, but not blueberry pie quite. I, I get the fresh blueberry. Like, that, not the oversaturated saccharine sweetness of, like, a blueberry pie. Because it doesn't have that sweetness to it. But it has that blueberry pop that... Because blueberries aren't all that sweet when you eat them and that's and that's one of the reasons why they're my favorite kind of berry um just that freshness that almost not quite tart it 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 flirts with tart i think blueberries do and uh i think that flavor comes through really well it's a really good natural blueberry flavor versus sometimes when you get blueberry it's just just candy yeah so that's why i'm like cutting you off on that blueberry pie thing because I'm thinking it's a really natural, really good blueberry flavor. I was just thinking like a real blueberry pie, not like a blueberry no, pie. Well, flavor. every time I've had blueberry pie, it tastes like it's a blueberries out of the can, and it's covered in that mm-hmm. syrup. See, I don't have pies like that. I oh. have real fruit mm-hmm. pies. Well, you, well I'm gonna, aren't you Mr. 1% over there? If I'm going to have there. a pie, I'm going to have that. Uh, this, it's, you get a great blueberry flavor. You get a... You can the sour that you get, you can tell is a really perfected, good sour. Mm-hmm. It's not like drinking the vinegar from like if you're going to be mm-hmm. dying eggs. It doesn't taste like that vinegar. It's mm-hmm. a nice tart beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was brewed and bottled in October, so it's you know fairly fresh. Seven uh, percent beer. This is delicious. Mm-hmm. It is really good. It's one of my favorites. It's going down as one of my favorite sours right now. Um, they had several of these farm to barrel series at Premier, mm-hmm. and when I walked in, I saw them and I said, "Like, well, what's that? 
one with the blue label. And they said, blueberry. I said, give it to me. I'll take a blueberry sour. Because uh, I do love sours. And it's it's hard to come by a really good sour. Man, we got to check this almanac to figure out exactly where they are so we can get more of their beer. They're from Butt County, mm. California. You just pulled it out of the butt. Because uh, <laughs> I thought it was really funny. It's B-U-T-T-E. Mm. So, boot. No, that's butt to me. That's butt county. Butt county, California. It's, uh, just down the I some number from Essendipi, Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just right down the, right down the 90. That's a callback to the Christmas special like three years ago, guys. Mm-hmm. Jokes. Jokes. Talking about breweries. Hey, let's, oh. let's not look back. Oh, yeah. On jokes that we've made in the past. Let's look forward to what might let us make jokes in the future, in 2016, with our annual look forward to 2016. In the year 2016. <laughs> uh, and something we did last episode that we haven't done before in the six years we've been doing this show, which is kind of a surprise, but we took a look back at some of the beers that we drank over the year. And that kind of got me thinking, is like, this year we should probably do a new beers revol- uh, resolution. Mm-hmm. Which I keep wanting to say a revolution, and that's like way too violent for our show. Um, but just maybe something beer-related that we're looking forward to, whether it's a mm-hmm. style or like a like a brewery. Like, John, you, when you did your look back, you were looking back at breweries that you had before, but you were like reinvigorated to try again. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking forward for me... I talked about this a little bit last week, but I really want to start going to breweries again. I miss that. That's exactly well. That's my uh, second uh, resolution, especially since I have no excuse here in Buffalo. You know, there's yeah, no like, breweries there's, opening all the there's time. There's some solid breweries around there, and recently I looked into what was close to me here in Florida, and there's there's not a lot. It's not like it was when I was in Michigan <laughs> or even like Buffalo, where there were breweries within like a 10, 15 minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's a little bit further away here. And since I'm still new to this area, like those like breweries don't have that pedigree. Um, it's not like going to a founders or to a place that's highly renowned as like Hamburg, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's all places that I haven't heard of before. So I don't really have a lot to draw me in that direction yet. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I need to do because I I love doing that and I haven't in like six seven months now. Damn. So so yeah. Basically, what I'm saying too though is uh, whenever I come back to Buffalo this month, next month, whenever uh, I need I need to go to breweries. There's uh, several to, that just opened. I want to get to First Ward. First Ward was great. Uh, Forty two North just opened. Um, I've heard good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Nagar. Uh, what is it? Nagar. Uh, Negra, oh, what is it? Negra Brewery? The one that's supposed to be on transit there? Yeah. Uh, they still don't have their own beers on tap yet. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, but there's a two gate in like West Seneca or Williamsville mm-hmm. um, that's doing some interesting stuff. So there's a couple that you haven't been to, Chris, that we also haven't been to. <laughs> hey, it's, let's and puzzle that in. And, I still uh, haven't been to, well, for myself, I still haven't been to Resurgence, even though I haven't been a big fan of their beer. I still haven't been to Community Beer Works. They're now, just, I buy they're, their beer. They're starting to serve pint. They serve pints now oh, at their at their place. Oh, well, I might want to do that. I've been to Rusty Nickel, but I still haven't drank there. I haven't haven't either. 
Mm-hmm. I, I've been in the parking lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a great this is a great thing to do when Chris comes into yeah. town. And don't forget my uh, bachelor party is us drinking through Canada. So we're going to stop at two breweries on the way up to Toronto, as well as stopping at like two or three breweries when we're in Toronto. Nice. That's my bachelor party, guys. I'm okay with that. Best then get on that because I have it planned. <laughs> <laughs> which which uh, which days are is your bachelor party? So uh, that way we can. Re- it's actually right between ours. I think it is the Saturday and Sunday after my birthday. So it's the thirtieth and the first. Okay, so April thirtieth through Sat- the first. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to make a note to actually request off those days, April thirtieth through. I, I will have to request off from both jobs uh, for that week, so I can. Come visit, and hey, I think I'll have vacation time by then, too, so I can still get paid. Hey. I, I think I'm just going to take that whole week, because then it's my it's birthday's on birthday Thursday. Yeah. So I'm going to request off May 1st through the 6th there. Okay, hey, back in broadcast, boys. <laughs> schedule Nothing more fun on a podcast than hearing somebody you know, Do, make uh, uh, itinerary and schedules. 2.0. <laughs> Beercation is all I ever wanted. Beercation drinking all but, the beer. Uh, Paul, what's uh, what's your resolution? Mm. Well, I already gave away. It, I had the same one as you, but for my second one, I have a uh, try out heavy seas again. Okay, heavy seas is one of the one we liked the when we first had it in the variety pack. We were disappointed greatly. But then when we went back uh, to their black IPA, the Cannonball, it was okay. I don't. It was it. okay. But I think then we also enjoyed we we it was up there though, and then we also kind of enjoyed their barley wine. You guys, I think the barley wine was one of your top barley wines. So heavy seas it's, for me is it's like been a while. I can't remember honestly. exactly the loose cannon. I think I liked, mm-hmm. and that's their black IPA. Okay, and that's the thing. They, I think they put out solid beers, and it's one of the ones that I just overlook every single time because I'm like, I just remember the, my first time, my first experience with them, and they do put out some random beers every once in a while that I see at premiere. Um, and also I'm very excited for Voodoo Brewing being in this area, and yeah. me like just drinking all their stuff. Black Cannon is their Black IPA. Oh, I've Black had Cannon. that. Uh, Siren uh, Noir is their stout. I've had that. Mm-hmm. And they're all like two or three, right? Rated? What Let's did you rate them? I rated that. Oh. I, uh, you could I rated their stout. I gave it four stars. Yeah. Okay. See, this is a it's a solid brewery that I think I just don't give the opportunity to. So. Two and a half stars for their black IPA. Hmm. See, I... I think this is a good one, Paul, because I know I've had a lot of stuff from them. I think I, don't, I honestly don't even remember who it was, but one of us brought like their sampler pack to the table. It was Scott back when okay. producer Scott was like in the rotation for the show. So that's how long ago it's been. It's, it's been, been a long time. over two hundred episodes. Yeah, because I know it's been a while, but I, I remember <clears> trying <throat> their stuff and like thinking it was okay, but not. <laughs> So I want to look for their limited releases, stuff like that, and trying them out again. And even since, you know, their stores now all do the craft your own six packs, maybe every once in a while pulling something from them just to see if my tastes have changed or if they've gotten better. 
Yeah, it's been you're far enough away from them mm-hmm. that they could have changed as a brewery. Because I was, you know, when we talked about this topic of, you know, the, doing the two beer resolutions, I'm like, okay, which brewery did I not give a good enough chance to? And that's the one that came top of mind. Uh, and in the same vein, um, I was planning on doing Brooklyn Brewing. Mm. Uh, oh, sorry, we kind of talked you out of that. No, mm-hmm. like the Sriracha Ace is one of the things that made me made me think twice about it. The other thing is I've heard the the brewer of the brewery on a couple podcasts, mm-hmm. and I've found him very very interesting. And one of the engaging things, or interesting, both. Okay. Uh, and one of the things that he mentioned about his brewery is their main line of beers mm-hmm. are basically beers that they've chose to brew for the sports bar kind mm-hmm. of mentality. Yeah. Those people okay. at a sports bar, that's what those main line mm-hmm. beers are for. Yep. And you can definitely taste that. Mm-hmm. That's what those things are for. They're now doing these other bottled releases, bottled release beers that – for me, they're a little pricier that mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I want to go there. The Sriracha Ace really kind of wowed me that, like, okay, they're brewing something very interesting, very different. That's not that beer. I know. That's, that's a different that's beer, space Paul. Juice. That's space juice. Um, but as soon as I got the nose on it, I'm like, nope. That was, that was kind of what I was looking at until we had the sour. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to try... More sours. I love sours, mm-hmm. but I really want to go after that because I'm planning our my uh, honeymoon is going to be spent, you know, six days in Belgium, where I'm going to be going to Belgian breweries. Wow! And I want to get a little more into those funky beers that I love and find them where they started mm-hmm. and try them out. And I think that's where I'm going to go at is. So jealous of you. We're, we're going to have be, all those great Belgian we're beers. We're going to be Belgian crazy. All those waffles. <laughs> all those fries. Uh, yeah. Caitlin's like, oh, we can, like, it looks like we can fly into Germany and we can do this, this in Germany. And I was like, we're going to go to Cotillion Brewery in Belgium. <laughs> and then she's like, all right, but, like, we can do this. I want to see the Berlin Wall. I want to see, like, a concentration camp. And I'm just like, wait, she's like... Way too late to see the Belgi- the Berlin. No, wall. there's still a place where there is some up that you uh, can see. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what you told me. But because, uh-huh. but all I go is like, pretty sure Ronald Reagan, the or, best president. Anyways, had it torn down. Best president. <laughs> what are you fucking nuts? Uh, so she's she's sure. talking about these other places, and I'm just like, so it's going to be a day just at Cotillion Brewery, right? And maybe another brewery in Brussels. I think we should spend three days in Brussels. <laughs> then we should go to Burgess because I think there's some good stuff there too. Oh, and I have so many. And then Brussels I want to go Brussels. Then I want to go to here. What? Anne Frank House? That's in Holland. Uh, but Cotillion <laughs> Brewery, we're definitely making it there, right? Chris, Chris, we're going to give John a beanbag, right? <laughs> we might have to. We got to give John a beanbag in order to hide in the Anne Frank House, right? I would totally do that. We gotta, we gotta give him a beanbag. Bachelor party gift. Bachelor party gift. Or, or just a Simon game. That's the game that I know I can get at some point. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, Why did I go to the show that I don't actually like really watch or know and make a reference to Mr. Show 
versus the show that I'm actually part of and help create <laughs> and not make a reference there. I don't know. You went for John. You went John humor with the Mr. Show. I got it right away. Okay, I loved yeah. it. And I said I would totally hide it. Because mm-hmm. uh, that'll be something that I'll never forget that I, you know, I when no one was looking, I whipped that beanbag behind that chair. Uh, <laughs> I would do it. Don't shake your head. I know. Uh, no, but so like, I definitely tell uh Sours, Belgians, like definitely something I'm going to be probably bringing a lot more to the show. Chris, what's your second resolution? My second one, and this is a little bit more, I don't want to say professional, but it's something that I really want to do being down here. Uh, I want to actually go talk to the people that like brew beer here for either like Bag and Board here or Parks and Rec because Florida Beer Company is like not that far away from here and they brew awesome stuff and it's at one of my favorite theme parks. Ooh. about Harry Potter. Like, what's not to love about that? <laughs> so uh, I, I would love to actually get there and do, like, brewer interviews. And that's something that we've talked about, like, for years on this show now, but it just kind of hasn't come to fruition. And as great as, like, brewing culture is, how do you tie that into something like Springfield from The Simpsons or the wizarding world of Harry Potter? Like, how do you have to approach it in that kind of mindset? And that's something that I really want to know. Uh, actually, something that Paul and I had been talking about off-air and doing was there's a brewer from Stillwater coming to oh, yeah. the local area that we had mentioned about trying to get an interview with and maybe teaming up with Scott to do mm-hmm. like a co-collaboration. Cool yeah. yeah, it would be... The interview on both shows at the same time, but yeah, you know, be good. Yeah, no, it would so, work. Yeah, I think that's something we've always thought about and talked about mm-hmm. doing. But at the same time, we're like, we're not really an interview show. Yeah, do we do that? But I mean, we're why not? We can become more of an interview show. Or, we've been a Green Lantern show, a, well, we, a we, Batman well, we've show. Done interviews too. Like, yeah, we have had that experience. You know, mm-hmm. even going back to episode like, nine. Episode nine, yeah, like we've we've done this. Like it's not something that's new or foreign to us. Like we can do it, and I think we're good at it because we come in just like all pretense aside. You know, like mm-hmm. we're we're three friends that sit down to talk about what we love, and that's basically what we'd be doing with the brewers. You know, listeners, uh, uh, when we post this episode on the Facebook, write uh, who you want us to interview. And we show. probably won't get around to that person. Uh, you know what? And we'll, <laughs> we'll find their Twitter account, and we'll just start tweeting at them. Just start tweeting. Hey, be on the, the Bagnum, at Bagnum Board show. You know, maybe that's what, how we'll have to attack it. No. <coughs> we'll, get, we'll get a call to action from our listeners, and then we'll have to do it. Right? Yeah, I saw I'll be wrong. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Coco, Coco nibs in my in my lungs. No more oh, no. Coco nibs. You're going to get Coco nib lung. It's like popcorn lung, but worse. I love popcorn too. Chris, what's your second? And like, that was my that second. That was oh, second. Was second. Oh, Paul, what's yours? I did my two. I did mine too in Brooklyn and uh, yeah, and Sours. So uh, okay. we 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 load up. We get completely loaded on beer, and then we go out to the movies, right, guys? That's right. Yeah, it's the only way to watch Predators. That probably like was Predators. one of the last movies we watched. For <laughs> it wasn't bad. 
All right. I can, I can, yeah, uh, something we always look forward to is movies that are coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not a movie podcast, but movies have always been at the core of the Bag and Board cast, even going back to the movie picks. Um, we do brackets based on them every single summer mm-hmm. with our summer movie blockbuster, Bracket Buster. So it's only fitting that there's something that we each look forward to. And for this, we always, we always pick three movies coming out. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul I, and I tend to look forward to the, you know, the more, uh, the bigger blockbuster movies that are going to draw us into the theater. So I really want to know what John's looking forward to because he picks those little. Uh, can I ask this question? Should we no, start? No, you can't. But thank you for asking. If you could ask, John. <laughs> what were you going to say, Paul? Uh, I was going to ask if we should start the bracket buster instead of uh, May releases, March releases, because it seems like the summer movie blockbusters start in March. We can we can talk about that maybe off the show. Okay. Thanks for bringing that up. Well, no we've been scheduling your bachelor party, so, <laughs> you know, talking about something about the <laughs> actual show itself. Nine. So, what do we schedule everything? <laughs> scheduling crisis on Infinite Podcast. Thank you. Uh, one thing that longtime listeners may know is we used to have a movie fix that used to be my big segment for the show, which we don't do anymore which you picked crap movies uh and also paul just would not watch anything even <laughs> when i give him the dvd movies. hey blood the vampire thing that one was oh, awful here's the thing oh we don't want to go to the movies to see them so we can't see new things find something on dvds and i did and then all of a sudden they're like well let's just go see movies that make it current and then paul refused to see <laughs> any of them yeah even though there were all movies that we all agreed we should see he wouldn't go see them. Because I would often have to schedule it, and I would go to the movie theater all alone. Well, that's because you had to go, like, on a Tuesday afternoon when mm-hmm. everyone was working. Yeah. Because you couldn't do it like a normal person. But anyways... I had responsibilities with the house. A wife. No. <laughs> all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first mo- my number three movie, because we're going to do it in threes, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three movie is the movie Elvis and Nixon, which is the based on the true story of when Elvis met Nixon in the White House and that famous picture was taken of them. Uh, this stars Kevin Spacey as Nixon uh-huh. and Michael Shannon, General Saad, <laughs> as Elvis. <laughs> this movie looks hilarious. Uh I just kind of watched it on a whim. I had a different movie written down for my number three, and when I saw this trailer, I was like, no, this movie. I can't wait to see this movie. My, like, Michael Shannon doesn't really look like Elvis, Elvis, but his like him portraying the character is awesome. Uh, I really can't wait to see this movie. It looks a lot of fun. Elvis, it's really great to meet you. It's also great to have you in the White House. Kevin Spacey. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Is that the movie? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. It's like they Elvis and his crew go into the White House and they ought to take like take off their firearms. And he's with like the president's aide, so they show them like dropping all these guns. And then like five steps away, Elvis goes to the aide like. I'm glad they didn't check this one. And he puts his food up, and he's like, got another gun right here. <laughs> and then just keeps walking. Like, it looks insanely funny. 
White House down in Nashville. You know what? Put a pause on and watch watch the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Chris, you do the same. I just got to say, I think that uh, my impression was just as good as those two actors. Uh, and I just want to say, Paul's impression did nothing from dissuade me from wanting to see this movie. The trailer makes this movie look uh, just a lot of fun. Michael Shannon might not be the best looking Elvis, <laughs> but he captures some type of gold with that character. And can we also mention that this is an Amazon Studios production, and this is coming to theaters. It's not being released directly to Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah, it comes out in, in April 18th yeah. or something. Two theaters. Unlike Netflix, which does their movies, and then it's only on Netflix. So this is getting a theatrical release, which I find interesting. Uh, but definitely it looks like a lot of fun. Hmm. Chris, you have fun at movies. Yes, I, I love movies, and one of the ones that's definitely going to be dragging me into the theater. I don't even know why I said dragging, because I will be there day one to see this movie uh this is fantastic beasts and where to find them this is your number three this is my number three. Oh, then i might not have gotten the guess that i thought because I, I i wrote down a movie that i thought would definitely be on your top three and oh it, it still could be who knows mm-hmm. um I, I love harry potter i'm glad that they're kind of adding a little bit more depth to this universe um mm-hmm. by flushing out what was actually just a textbook Available for purchase before um, with Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts and Where to Find Them, written by Newt Scamander. Uh, I think it's really cool that they're going back in time to the 1920s to actually add more layers to this world. And I'm a nerd. I like world building stuff. So, hey, oh my goodness. sign me up. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, so here we go. Is this the reason why Prohibition came to America? Because they convinced all muggles that all those fantastic beasts that they saw running around uh, were just drunk, uh, <clears throat> drunk uh, illusions, and and then they they're like, well, we gotta clean up. We gotta like not be so heavy into the sauce. Do you think that's how they're going to tie it in? To history? I don't know. And then we'll, we get we'll find out. That'd be pretty good. But I mean, also I'm kind of more the. Uh, Parks and Rec side of thing. I really want to see how they actually wind up bringing this into the parks then. Because hmm. not that they need to add more to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter over at Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure to make those parks interesting. But they're they awesome as it is, but hey, new things coming to theme parks is always cool. Yeah. <laughs> see Star Wars attractions over at Disney. Oh my god, the Star Wars stuff is so cool. We just missed it. It like, opened up I like know, the next I, day. I, it's been rough just with like a uh, Holiday time, two jobs. Jan just started another job, so we haven't recorded a Parks and Rec in like a month now, and that's something I want to fix this week. Uh, but like after our last episode, which was all about Star Wars, they opened all the new Star Wars stuff at uh, at Hollywood Studios, and I'm like, man, I I want to talk about this all again. Did you see that uh, over in uh, California? They were they did a soft relaunch of Space Mountain and Star Wars themes. I, I did. It was Hyperspace Mountain. Yeah, Hyperspace Mountain. Uh, yeah. I guess it was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, the same ride, but mm-hmm. instead they play Star Wars music through the soundtrack. And well, that's awesome. There's different light effects and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but this movie uh, does look really cool, and I figured this was on your pick list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just 
so everyone's know, Paul wrote down a movie for each of us mm-hmm. that he thinks that we were going to Sick. pick. Yep. C next to the movie for Chris and a J next to the movie for John. Yeah. And I'm watching him so he doesn't cheat because mm-hmm. Paul is a I am known cheater. for cheating. Uh, uh, Paul, what's your movie? Uh, it's one that probably would have been at the same time last year my number one pick and it's fallen now uh, all the way down to number three. And that's Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, I'm a little nervous that they're going to be trying to do too much in this movie, seeing as it is Doomsday and it is Batman vs. Superman and it is Wonder Woman. Um, and don't forget Aquaman and Cyborg are in there too. Yeah, and there's hints that maybe the Flash will be kind of quick cameo that you won't even notice because he's a Flash. Like maybe a bolt of red going around. I, I, I'm nervous that it's going to be trying to do way too much and uh, we're going to get x 3 you know. Or it's just trying to do too much with the plot in the movie, and nothing. But nothing I think X three didn't have the right script writers mm-hmm. and the right director in place mm-hmm. to bring that. Well, here's spoiler alert: X Men Apocalypse isn't making my list, <laughs> but this one does because I do have more faith in Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan, who's you know doing the overarching thing. But man, if if DC doesn't get this right seems like they gotta do a complete relaunch of their series their brand and series again in the movies because it's this is the linchpin this is what's going to start everything else off so if they don't get this one right it it's going to be trouble for warner brothers i think no i i agree um i don't think this will be their x3 i think at worst this might be another green lantern situation or just like they tried to do something that kind of got away from them. Mm-hmm. But just based off what we've seen so far, I don't get that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like this is going to be the big flop, but the mm-hmm. thing that also that helps project everything into the future because that's what they're going for and mm-hmm. you think they have the right people in place to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you know, looking at the Marvel movies, they're still, like, with their previews and everything, there's still daylight in them. You know, the Civil War, right? It's, it, spoilers, it'll be on my list. Um, <laughs> it, it's a darker plot. Like, it's friends battling each other. But they, it still happens during the day. And well, there's no scene in Batman v Superman that I have seen that happens during the day. It's all night. It's all that gray. It's all just no, raining they, and just downtrodden. It can be. It could be a bad. Just but if you think a about not it, enjoyable. No, there could be no fun. They could have sucked America, all the fun out. Captain America: First Avenger. I don't mm-hmm. think was that great. Oh, there was so much fun in that movie. There was some fun in it, but it wasn't a great movie. The USO stuff was fun. Iron Man Two was good, but it wasn't. It great. was too much of a tie-in too. Like Avengers. exactly. Thor 2 is not as good as Thor 1. Mm-hmm. So it's not like these movies have been amazing. They've had amazing movies, mm-hmm. but they've had moves, movies that were a bit of a misstep. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you think about it, their second movie was... Avengers 2, you mean? The Incredible Hulk. Oh. And that didn't get any sequels. Yeah. It didn't you know, raise the brand at all. 
So this is a movie that is coming off of Man of Steel, which mm-hmm. was, I think, a good movie. There's a lot of people that may yeah. say it and weren't fans of it. But coming off of that movie, this is going to be following in that tone mm-hmm. of movie. Yeah. I'm just worried that might where Green Lantern was <clears throat> a little too hokey, you know, got a little too hokey. This is like the I opposite. Think, I side. think the movie from Warner Brothers that's coming out that would be something to worry about would be mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody cares. But that's not the linchpin. That's not the one that they're going to keep building this universe off of. No, but that's their Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. That's their thing that, mm-hmm. oh, we thought this was going to project really well and it could mm-hmm. cripple us or it could raise us up. Yeah. You know, these studios making these tentpole movies, it, they, you know, at any time it could all come crashing down. Uh... John, you went first last time. Chris, you want to go first this time? Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm taking a look at my uh, list here, and for this one, I'm going to pick a another movie uh, that I think someone else isn't going to pick. Uh, and this is actually going to be John Favreau's The Jungle Book from Disney. There it is. Is well, that is, was that the one? Yep. Uh, I thought okay. that was going to be your number three. Okay. Uh, and Paul, yeah, you picked my number one. I, I did. Did I? Nice. <laughs> I, uh, I know you so well. Ugh. Ugh, I'm flexing. He's, he's doing like Hulk Hogan flexes at me, and it's it's. You can see everything straining, but I don't see any muscles. <laughs> Skeletor. It's always been one of my favorite Disney movies. Uh, mm-hmm. From when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with it, just the characters and the songs and everything from it. And I think that they're bringing it to life and live action is crazy. But as soon as you hear John Favreau was involved with it, it kind of alleviates some of that that worry and that pressure on it. Because mm-hmm. this is the guy that brought Iron Man to life, which launched the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, like a multi-billion dollar franchise now. Uh Having him in charge of some, like, talking lions and tigers, like, okay, that works. I, I was thinking more of Xanthura. See, I, he, I, I saw Xanthura, and I, I liked it for what it was, mm-hmm. but I was watching that more in the respects of, like, I loved Jumanji so much as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it it was this Jumanji sequel. Like, it's space is Jumanji. With it, you know? Uh, it, I, I, I liked it, but not enough to be like, <clears throat> yeah, like, this is going to launch... You know this dude's career, even though that led him to doing Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, everything I've seen from Jungle Book, it looks amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, I think John Favreau is a great director. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's made some interesting choices. Some things that he thought were going to be better, uh, Cowboys and Aliens. He had the right cast, but maybe not the right movie. Um, but no, from Iron Man, from Zastra. Uh, to some of the other stuff that he's directed, Chef, I really enjoyed Chef. I've heard really good things about Chef. Um, no, when this movie was said they were going to be making it, I was like, oh, I guess it could be good if they get the right people behind it. And when I heard John, John Favreau was going to be directing it, I said, okay, yeah, that's the right people. The thing that made me go, ooh, was Christopher Walken as the king of the baboons which is like, oh, that's perfect. But then he was also cast in the musical Peter Pan as Captain Hook, which was awful. Mm. Like, oh, the one on NBC. 
Okay. That one. Now, here's how oh. I feel about Christopher Walken, and this is something I was actually thinking about. So much of his performances are drained by him having to stand there and read cue cards, like, barely off of camera, that it's very distracting. But I think, like, just his personality being delivered through, like, a CGI character, I think it's going to work. I think it's oh. going to work better mm-hmm. than it does just with him actually on screen or on, like, Saturday Night Live, you know? No, I, I think so. I think Christopher Rockins is, when he's acting in a role, he can do a great job. And I think his voice is going to be, his voice is going to be perfect for, uh, the King of the Baboons. I can't think of his name. King Louis. King Louis. I think he'll be perfect for that. Oui. Because that King Louis character from, like, the cartoon mm-hmm. is that, like, crazy fun, mm-hmm. anger easy kind of, you know, I'm the king, don't mess with me, kind of thing. And I think Christopher Walken is a good choice. All the other voice acting, I think, is perfect for everything they've cast in that. Um, so I'm no, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to this movie. Hmm. Paul? Oh. Uh Captain America. <laughs> Civil War. That's number two. That's number two. Yeah, Man. because of the new bump that I feel and new love, uh, the re- love rekindled for my number one. Ooh. Uh, yeah, Captain America number two. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, all of the worries that I have for Batman, it's it's Captain America v Spider Man, <laughs> the dawn of the of Phase Three, right? Like that's the title of the show uh, of the movie, and and so every worry that I have for Batman v Superman is a they're going to get it right with Captain America Civil War. There's going to be that fun. There's going to be that lighthearted still in there, and they're going to deliver a very powerful story, a very powerful character-driven story. And these not a plot-driven the directors and writers of this mm-hmm. are the people that have been chosen just to continue on where Joss Whedon is done with it. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that are going to be continuing. The Russo brothers are going to be. The yeah. rest of the Marvel universe, and like I well, still say, also, they they just said in an interview recently that people aren't ready for everything that this movie is going to have, like everything else it's going to set up. It's and be so good. I, I feel like we know a good portion of it. So what else is kind of happening in here? Like how how collectively is everyone going to lose their shit when this one comes out? Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. It's going to be so giant. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Wait, is that the thing from Funkyo Pop that they spoiled? Yeah. It's Giant Man? So Ant-Man becomes Giant Man? We don't don't know. know. Maybe, or who knows, this could just be a, like, one of those tie-in figures that they have that doesn't really have anything to do with anything. You're not sure. Hmm. Hmm. John? Uh, No, but, uh, no, I... This is this is a movie that's kind of on my list too. Is one of the ones that I had written down, but I figured someone else would be talking about it, so I didn't need to like. When does this, this come out, out again? It comes out like in four months. Yeah, it comes out in like May. May or is it? Uh... I think it's May sixth. Yeah, oh. I think it's. Yeah. So I'm going to get to see this in theaters. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> it's my birthday. Paul, you you can actually see any of these movies in theaters. <laughs> no, you no. have the ability. Oh, no. Most of them do come out in theaters. I know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one, though. Uh, and my number two movie is the movie called The Nice Guys, 
This is written and directed by Shane Black, who uh, you might know wrote and direct Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. also wrote Monster Squad. Uh, but this stars Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Uh, Russell Crowe is a man that you hire to beat up other people. Uh, he beats up and breaks Ryan Gosling's arm because he's a private eye who maybe owed somebody the wrong, you know, money or found out a little too much. Found out a little too much. Uh, but then Russell Crowe's character comes to Ryan Gosling to help him find the daughter of an ex-girlfriend who's now kind of a political character uh this movie looks like a lot of fun uh it's something that's a little different and i think you get two really good characters out of those good actors you love driver with ryan gosling right i thought driver was really good it was a different role for him Mm -hmm. is that is that what's playing into a little bit that it's a really good director no, directing Ryan Gosling, so you think he could get a really I good work Ryan, out of him? I think Ryan Gosling's a good director. I think or, when or a good actor. Okay. I think Shane Black is someone who's been in the business for a long time, who's written a lot of good stuff, and has gotten. Does this in, take place during Christmas? No, but this is uh, this isn't a current like this takes mm-hmm. place in the past. Like this takes place like in the sixties, seventies kind of era. during Christmas. Not during. I don't okay. think it's during Christmas. Oh. Does Nixon show up? Nixon does not show up <laughs> during the sixties, though. Could do I need to make you guys watch the trailer again to agree with this movie? No, uh, we, we believe you. Uh, no, it looks it looks a lot of fun, and these two characters play really, really well off of each other. It has you can just tell it's got really good humor, uh, and it seems fun and interesting and a little different than the normal stuff that we get in the theaters i know john's number one so <laughs> not so, gonna spoil it. so that means it goes to you paul what's your number one because you haven't started yet well you know it's that rekindled love and the one thing that you know i i, I have built my own lightsaber it's true <laughs> but if i could be any character in the star wars universe i would want to be like biggs or wedge I would want to be a starfighter pilot, just like in those battles, just shooting the heck out of TIE fighters. So when they announced that they were going to do a movie based on the Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron, I was already in. And then after seeing episode uh, seven, The Force Awakens, and how right they got Star Wars, I'm like so dead in on this movie. It is now my number one. I'm just so excited. I hope there's just an A-wing pilot in there somewhere. You, because, you cannot see the oh. grin that is on Paul's face. He, you can tell the joy. I, I, there's a uh, joystick underneath my desk, and the, the only reason I have this joystick is to play X-wing, <laughs> like on um, the 1997 video game, like. From years and years ago, like it, it, over and over again, and I, I will play that game. So, so Paul, did you actually say what movie you're picking? Yeah, it's Star Wars Rogue Rogue One. Okay, because that's my number one as well. Star Wars Saga Rogue One. I don't even know the title. Uh, I don't it, care it's about Rogue the title. One uh, colon a Star Wars story oh, okay. or semicolon. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a colon. Actually, I, I don't know the difference between the two. I forgot this part of English class. Usually uh, in titles you have like in it's yeah, like colon. colon. Okay. Uh no, and it's everything that you said. Like when they announced this I was looking forward to it, but then after seeing just what we were able to get from episode seven. Wait a 
Are you saying you would be the wigs to my bed, uh, Biggs? Or are, I, I, are you? I, am I the Biggs to your wedge? Uh, I would want to go with like a somewhat lesser known pilot that doesn't have as much going for him, but not so much like a check, like not Porkins. Porkins like, they just gets blown what are out the of the sky. That they show. Okay, that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like this is a moment that's just steeped in such awesomeness, and it's reduced like title crawl, and then. Like a quick moment in episode three with uh, the Death Star plans, hmm. I I really want to see how this becomes like a full movie and just how dark and awesome it's going to be. I I have really high hopes for this movie. I think maybe a little bit more than episode seven because with episode seven at least we knew what we were in for. Like mm-hmm. we might not know what the story was going to be and where it was going to go, but we had some semblance of. Like, who everyone in it was going to be. And kind of like you said, like, we don't. Yeah. But it, one. Like, it, it's yeah. all fresh. And I think that's really exciting. Like, mm-hmm. we're coming into this only knowing the bare bones, like, the skeleton of it. Like, that, and that's exciting. We haven't had this from a Star Wars movie yet because everything else has been so teased. Like, oh, this is the story of Anakin Skywalker as a kid. This mm-hmm. is Anakin becoming a Jedi. This is the downfall of Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Now with Force Awakens, like, Nope, this is after, like, Return of the Jedi, like, The Force Awakening. Like, we're we're catching up with all those characters you love. This is, like, it's the first big studio Star Wars movie that isn't tied in, like, loosely mm -hmm. tied into the Star Wars stuff, because the other stuff has all been, like, made for TV Ewok Mm -hmm. movies or that horrible Christmas special from the 70s. The Christmas special's bad, but it's, it's kind of charming. Still never seen Um, it. It's, but yeah, this this is exciting. And after like episode seven came out, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, episode eight, episode eight, what's gonna happen?" I'm like, "I'm looking forward to Rogue One now, everybody." Mm-hmm. Like, did you forget we have another movie coming out next year? But yeah, I don't think a I, lot. Of I think know. the Nobody main knows. public does not know that we are every year they are going to be getting a Star Wars film. Everybody in the office that knows I'm a nerd because I walk around with it. Nerd glass, nerd, you know, coffee mug. Uh, What's in like, your coffee mug? Well, it's a Scooby Doo coffee mug, so I don't know how nerdy <laughs> that is, but it's awesome. <laughs> that's, and yes, that, yes, that's, it okay, does. That's that's nerdy, but it's not terribly nerdy. Like that. Well, here's the thing too: is like everyone knows that I'm nerd because I walk around this coffee mug. What? What's your coffee mug? Scooby Doo. I don't know how nerdy <laughs> that is, but people know I'm nerdy uh, just because I imbue the air around me with nerdiness. Uh, the Scooby Doo mug does glow in the dark. So, how often is. are they in the dark with you when you're carrying that mug around? Or do normally, you just... I tell them when you walk up to their you walk up to their cubicle, yeah. you're like, "Listen, <laughs> one, this glows in the dark. Uh, do you want to go under the desk together and put our coats <laughs> over the edge so you can see?" No? Okay. Listen, I need you to move because i got to change this light up here. Yeah. Or two, I need you to unplug that space heater because you're not allowed to have that underneath your desk. So take my mug underneath Fire there. Hazard. Use it as light so you can see the plug. That's what I, that is actually what I do with that glow-in-the-dark mug. <laughs> Does it really glow no. that much? No. It is a real glow-in-the-dark mug, but I don't actually make people carry it to unplug their space I've heaters. I've used that mug. You've never told me it glows in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've seen that mug so many times over the years. That, gr- that green paint. That's close in the dark. Um, 
What was I saying? I feel like if but you people told come us that, we would have gone into a closet with you, the three of us in a closet, and look at it and go, yeah, it goes in the dark. <laughs> Anyways, but people said, hey, now Force and Awakens done so well. Did you know they're making like a new Star Wars movie every year? It's like, yeah, they were doing that before Star- this new Star Wars did so well. Like they they knew it was going to do so well. Like they had it planned. Yeah. So they, but it's, it's so weird. This has been in the works, everybody. Like mm-hmm. they announced this like over a year ago. It's not like they're building X wings now <laughs> for this movie. You know. Ugh. Already done. So, John, your number one movie is uh, a Coen Brothers movie, right? It is the new Coen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar. Oh, uh, which, who would have known? Who would have known? It's a good pick on your part, Paul. Uh, this movie looks amazing. Um, star-studded cast. Uh, Josh Brolin plays like the head of a movie studio whose star of his new Caesar picture... George Clooney is kidnapped, and it's him trying to pay the ransom to get him back. Also, it's George Clooney's side of him with these people who have kidnapped him. It's Coen Brothers, so everything is going to go absolutely wrong for Josh Brolin. And sideways, yeah. And it's going to be fun and have just crazy things about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't. As soon as I saw the trailer for this, I couldn't wait for this movie. I'm a huge Coen Brothers fan. There's only a few of their movies that I think are misses, um, but most of their movies are some of my favorites. Um, can't wait for this movie. Love it. <laughs> Sound? It's It looks fun, and it's it's Coen Brothers, so they're hit and miss for me, but Oh Brother, We're Out, though? Well, that, that isn't Coen Brothers. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Coen Brothers. Oh, so it's... Them reteaming. Oh, I'm going to probably love this movie. <laughs> it's them reteaming. Clooney and the brothers together <laughs> Clooney again. and the brothers back again. They did do another movie together that wasn't very good. What movie was that? Uh, it was like some cooking movie with oh. uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. What was The Burn After Reading? That wasn't as good. That was bad. I couldn't get through it. No, it was... And that was Coen Brothers, That right? was Coen Brothers. That I'm was horrible at movies. This is why we don't do movie fix. That was tough. <laughs> I, I've never had anything ever to say about the movie. Uh, I have to say, one of my favorite gangster crime movies is Miller's Crossing, which is the Coen Brothers. It's fantastic. It's a great Irish mob story. I really like uh, Untouchables. Have you seen Miller's Crossing? No. Oh, you should see Miller's Crossing. I should see that. You know what I should also see? The comic book characters that we think are going to break out this year. Because we're a comic book podcast, guys. We are, so we wrap up with the comic books now. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so who hasn't started one of these off yet? I think we've all started them off now. Yeah. So Chris, go ahead. It's your show. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Paul. I I will take this show. Um, I don't know. My number one, because uh, we're doing two, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, my number one is actually a character from over at Marvel, and this is Miss Cindy Moon, better known as Silk. Uh, she really came to prominence over the past year with the Spider-Verse crossover that was going on through the Spider-Man books. And I really wound up enjoying this character more than I kind of thought I would enjoy, like, a tacked-on Spider-Clone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how we even made jokes about 
like the Spider-Man characters in the holiday special a couple episodes ago. But something about Cindy Moon just kind of sells it to me. And I don't know if it's because she's tied into like the weird spider totem stuff that I liked with Ezekiel, like back when we first kind of got back into comics or what. But I think this is a character that's kind of appeared like Spider-Gwen, but mm-hmm. has a little bit more of a mark that she's made. Okay. Um, and I, I really want to see where she winds up going. Kind of that web. I did enjoy Silk more than the other Spider-Verse ones that we read. Spider-Gwen was right up there, but it always seemed like Spider-Gwen was too alternate world for me. It's very alternate world. So it's like, okay, I could read it and enjoy it, but probably won't. But Silk, it's happening in the 616. Like, okay. And, and the, she's there's... got a lot of, like, a lot of history, mm-hmm. a lot of past stuff that is... Mm-hmm you know mystery that you're like ooh, what's going on yeah and, and her her family dynamic is her own like you know and yeah and was she dating peter parker right they were balling right so you know i like the flirtatious aspect of that as well um yeah that, you know. that's always what i liked about black cat too, mm-hmm. you know but exactly so now we get it with silk so it's interesting to me, and yeah, maybe you keep me updated on uh, I'll keep you updated. the, the exploits you know. over at Silk. I do download, like when you buy them, Chris. I do download the episode or the issues. I never get around to yeah, it, reading most of them. But a, I, it's been a solid read. Um, it's a Spider-Man book that's got a lot of heart to it, and it's kind of what we like from some of those other like newer age books, like Batgirl or Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm surprised she hasn't gotten as much. Like, press, honestly. Yeah. John? Unless you want me to go. No, I'll go. Um, this is a character who's had its ups and ups and downs, who we've liked and not liked. Uh, but I think with the Suicide Squad movie coming out, it's going to get a lot of push oh, with this character. Thank you for picking Harley Quinn. Uh, so it's nice, going to be Deadshot. Oh! Uh, I think with Will Smith being that character, it's mm-hmm. going to bring that character really to the forefront. Uh, I just hope... Th- and it, it's nothing... It's, I just hope that all of a sudden they just don't make Deadshot like black in the comic books. And it's not because I care about really about race, but it's just like... I've already... like that. It's that character. That character is just this white guy, and then you just kind of throw it up and flip it. It's like Nick Fury in... The 616? In the 616, that... It's not Nick Fury, and like we it's didn't. Nick Fury's illegitimate son now, yeah. yeah like, but he also has like the I- I- immunity, and, and that was only something, something that we knew because it was in a new number one mm-hmm. one shot that set it in mm-hmm. like what that book was going to be about. <laughs> they never addressed it, really. Yeah, but they might address it now with you know the finally final chapter of uh the secret wars coming out this week maybe uh so yeah it's just one of the things like it's the character's already kind of created and he's there Mm -hmm. don't change him just for matching the movie to the actor yeah uh but no i think deadshot is going to be somebody who's gonna get his own story or his own book Mm -hmm. after that movie comes out and people seem to like him See, I always liked Deadshot in the comics. Um, I liked him appearing over on Arrow. Hmm. I'm still just on the fence kind of about this movie. Like, I I want it to be good, but 
I feel like they're trying to do a lot in this movie too. And yeah. since it's not as a well-known property as something like Batman v Superman, I, I feel like there's more that can go wrong with it because at least with like Batman Superman, they kind of have to keep a, excuse me, hiccups. They kind of have to keep everything like streamlined. Like they, I'm hoping they realize that they can't go completely crazy but I think with something like Suicide Squad, where they realize, like, oh, well, nobody knows these characters. We can do whatever we want. Oh. You have just that potential for things to go off the rails faster than a bag broadcast episode. I think, too, is everybody has a perception of what this movie might be about, and it might not be about what we think it's about. Even from those trailers, you don't see mm-hmm. too much. Um, I think if it's a well-paced, good action movie people are going to walk away and really like it and it'll get some good buzz. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if it's not well paced, if it's drawn out, if you get too much of these characters past and flashbacks and blah, 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 I think it's going to stall dramatically. Or they have all these great actors and it's a great, you know, plot and everything, but they still can't execute it like they did with the losers. And then the A Team reboot movie was a better losers than the losers. Like yeah. it was yeah. that summer, and that didn't even do well. Like no. that didn't do well enough to get a sequel. Which mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I, and that starred Chris Elmsworth, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Evans. Didn't star Chris Evans. He was in it. He was in it. He but was he, in it. He, he was, was one of the losers. He was one of the losers. Losers. He wasn't starring as the loser. Yeah. He's just one of the Avengers. <laughs> Now, yeah, <laughs> uh, I was very surprised he got that role. What Captain well, I, America? I can't, I can't see him not as Cap mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Well, could he see the guy from the Office, John Krasinski? Did you see like they just put like shots of him up for this new movie? He's in. He's super ripped. Well, the one for uh, the Thirteen Hours, yeah, True Story of Benghazi or whatever it's called. Yeah, his wife is uh, got the full beard. Emily, Emily Blunt. Really? Yeah. Good for him. And she oh, said, "Like I like them better. I like them better a little doughy. He's too ripped for me right now. Hmm. I'm doughy. <laughs> I'm especially doughy. I think I'm I got more than dough boy. I, I've, I've trimmed down. <laughs> Are uh, we all yeah, playing? Yeah. What? <laughs> We're all playing for Emily Blunt, like she listens. <laughs> uh, no, even like. Let's interview uh, Emily Blunt, guys. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're an interview show now. Why not? <laughs> Listeners, tweet at Emily Blunt. Tell her to be on the Big Podcast. I've seen things that she's in. She had a cameo in the Muppets movie. She was in one of my, my favorite she was romantic in, uh, Into the Woods. And she was also in one of my favorite my romantic movies, sci-fi romantic movies, uh, The Adjustment Bureau. And she was yeah. also in Looper. And oh, uh, what? Oh, well, I didn't see the. Uh, the day, the end of tomorrow, or the day after, or whatever. Or the the yeah. Tom Hanks oh, or the, Tom Hanks. Tom live, Cruise die, movie. live again. Uh, yeah, actually, a pretty solid movie. <laughs> the only thing I would change is maybe the ending a little bit, but uh, she's really good in that. Yeah, actually, I really like her quite a bit. I think she's very yeah, she, attractive and a lot of fun to watch on screen. She does a good job when she's acting. Mm-hmm. What 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 are we on? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know who started that. Chris? Uh, Chris started it, Paul? Uh, Paul, your, your character. Oh, my character. John oh. Paul. Is it my first Girl. character? 
Okay, uh, talking about movies and characters that are going to be in movies, but maybe not starring in them. Uh, I think DC is under the gun right now to put a lot of spotlight on Wonder Woman. So she's going to be appearing heavily from what the trailers at least are making us believe and uh, the Dawn of Justice. And it's time to get that Earth One book out, guys. Honestly, it's got a release date of this year. A long time coming. Um, I, I think she's got in, you know, sensational Wonder Woman out now. She's got that series that isn't so great uh, with Wonder Woman. They need to just like put the whole, you know, marketing behind uh, the book and just give it its due because, man, that that. Um, Chris Chang run with who was writing? Oh my goodness, why am I blanking? Oh, Brian Azzarello. And Brian Chris, Azzarello. Uh, Cliff oh, Chang. It's so good. It, that should be like trumpeted as one of the best DC story arcs uh, produced. It, 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 it because I really believe it's top ten comic book uh, DC comic book stories. Um, they should put a lot behind it, and they really should spotlight the Wonder Woman character. And Gail Gabot, she looks amazing as as Wonder Woman. A lot of people uh, are hating on when her. I, when I went to see Star Wars for the second time, when I actually went to go see Star Wars The Force Awakens the second time, and they showed the trailer for, for Batman vs. Superman, and Wonder Woman shows up in it, the crowd effectively lost their shit completely. And I think it was a lot of people that kind of aren't in this nerd bubble that just weren't aware they were like, okay, yes, like Ben Affleck's gonna be Batman. Like, oh, it's that Superman, Wonder Woman. What? Like, mm-hmm. that was a huge moment for people. And um, I went with Lexi, and she was like, "Who was that?" And I'm like, well, "Who do you think it was?" And I was like, "Well, well it's a it's a Batman Superman movie, so it's got to be someone from DC." And I was like, "Yeah." Was like, is, is, "Was a Wonder Woman?" And I was like, "Yeah, totally." Like. I, I think they need to really like rally behind this movie because she's such a big character and people love her, but people don't really acknowledge her, I guess. Yeah. It's one... I don't know why they have such a hard time. DC just drives me crazy with their with their uh, movie production. They had Joss Whedon. They had him. He was signed on to do a Wonder Woman movie, and they let him go. They couldn't agree to get it done. They had Chris Evans in one of their movies, The Losers, and they couldn't capitalize on him. Like, he's a great actor. He's great. He was he's playing, a, like, a third fiddle in that movie. Yeah, but, you know, it just... They had a lot of good actors. I mean, it, yeah, they, had they, had, great, they had a great cast for The Losers. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zoe Saladina, for, now blown up in Star Trek. Um, Isn't she Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy? Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, my goodness. Ah, it's making me angrier. Oh, yeah. They, it's like Marvel just comes through and be like, "Oh, you guys are fucked up." They cherry picked all those great we're, actors. We're gonna, hey guys, we're gonna throw a, everything you did wrong. We're just gonna do right. So watch us do it right. Thank you for trying. You were a great first draft, Marvel Studios. We got it done right. And then Jeffrey Dean Morgan's like, "Yeah, I play Batman's father." Losers didn't bother me. Ah. <sighs> DC, movie studios, Warner Brothers. How can you get Harry Potter so good? Get DC <laughs> Comics so wrong. Ugh. 
I don't know. Angry. Well, hopefully this is the turning point, though. Yeah. Like, we'll see. Because Man of Steel is solid. Like, yeah. I saw that again recently on, like, TBS or something they had it on, and I watched it, and I was like, yeah, this is a good movie. One of the reasons that I'm not excited about a Suicide Squad is because that Harley Quinn is not my Harley Quinn. Your Harley Quinn is like... The Paul Dini. Slapstick comedy. She's got some depth to her, though. Yeah, but she does do it, a lot that, more. That yeah. book <laughs> is sold at being humor. Quinn. Yeah. I know. But I'm I, I'm more... I do really like the Paul Dini. Yeah, people, people you know. don't want that Harley Quinn, though. I know. But people didn't want that uh, Kristen Grey from Fifty Shades of Grey. Not 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 my well, question. I know that's not something to bring as a point to this crowd. <laughs> not my heart. Pound sign. Not my Harley. It's more of pound a pound uh, sign. Not my Harley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, social media, Paul. You have it. I, I know you do. Um, it's uh, it's more of a reference to uh, uh, John Oliver during uh, his that. This week tonight, he used to do that for uh, not my Christian for Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Sorry, I, w- I was yawning. I didn't hear he said not my no. Crispin Glover. Was that it? Yeah, yep, yep. That's exactly okay. it. This is, it's all about my uh, Crispin Glover is always gonna be Marty McFly's dad, but not in episode two. Not 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 two. It's nope. not him. He not him. sued over that shit. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, my second pick for character watch is actually going to be some of that spin around for a while. Um, Almost as long as Wonder Woman. And this is actually going to be Dick Grayson. Wow. Mm. I, I feel like we're kind of on the renaissance of of the Grayson. Um, he's a character we all know and love. He's been, like, present in DC comic books. But I think Grayson's not enough to really contain this character. And having him pop up in, like, the uh, Batman and Robin Eternal books has kind of really sold me just on how he works best. And it's not in the pages of, like, a super spy book. Mm-hmm. You need to have him alongside, like, his family of characters. And I think we're going to get him a little bit more in the DC universe again. Um, not just, like, with Midnighter, because that's that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Huntress, yeah, it's cool having Helda Bertinelli in, in that book, but it, she's not Huntress, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Dick Grayson's going to be coming back. Maybe not as Nightwing, but... Uh, We'll at least have him a little bit more present in the DC universe. Do you think they put him in that spy book because they need to do something with him because Batman was going to be going away again and they needed somebody to step into that Batman role? So they wanted to find mm-hmm. something cool to do with Dick so he wouldn't be Batman again and they could make Commissioner Gordon Batman? I, I don't think so. I think it was maybe more a case of like they want to try doing something different and they want to have a new style book because they they don't do like spy books. Yeah, Checkmate and, fell away forever ago. Yeah, that was like over like 12 years ago, I feel now. Like it was mm-hmm. a long, long time ago. Um, but they wanted to like maybe try to get back to that, but you need to have someone people know and care about into it. Um we're not really in a DC universe now where you can launch like a brand new character and have that be a book people care about anymore. Like it's just not going to work. It has to be to quote Marvel all new, all different, 
you know, mm-hmm. you need to have someone people recognize, but in that different role. And I think maybe Dick Grayson just works best for that. Maybe not in that role, but like someone that you can kind of springboard into it. It, it would be Dick, you know. Mm-hmm. He works the best in a family-oriented book. Titans, just Nightwing, part of the Bat family. Yeah. He's even, the linchpin of the legacy characters. Even Outsiders. The, yeah, exactly. Like, he was too grumpy and emo in Outsiders, but he still was part of a family. He yeah. still was a leader. He, he's the one. He's the character that bridges the gap between the original Seven and the new generation. And if you don't have the new generation like they did away with them during, you know, the new DCU, Grayson loses, you know, his 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 reason for existence. But, but here's think. the thing, they they did away with that, but they still kept enough of that kind yeah. of it was crazy, right? background that like he 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 knows those characters. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It was kinda nutty and they tried to. They killed off this character twice now, or we're about to kill this character off twice now in two different events. One in uh, Infinite Crisis. It, it originally, it was going to be Dick Grayson takes a shot for Batman, and he was going to die. But you know, in Infinite Crisis, they're like, no, he he just took a shot, and he's going to be injured for a little while, but he'll be fine. And then in uh, Forever Evil, they do the you know outing of Dick Grayson, and then they fake his death. And it's like DC doesn't know what to do with that character, but you know, they know the that they can't get yeah. rid of him because he is—he's the linchpin for something well, that doesn't. Not only that, that. Oh, wow! Watch, watch that chop. microphone, yeah. careful, buddy. What was that? Someone get karate chopped? I karate chopped my microphone like Dick Grayson would karate chop a ninja. As much as people go crazy about stuff, I think if you got rid of Dick Grayson, it'd be more than. Well, we know that. Bruce Wayne's going to come back as Batman. We know Clark Kent's going to come back as Superman. You get rid of Dick Grayson, I think that's when people are going to go apeshit. Yeah, because there's four different, five different, maybe even if they create a new Robin, six different Robins, they could you know just go to and be like, nope, this is the Robin. You're going to have to wait like 20 years before you see the return of Dick Grayson. How long did it take from uh, the death, death in the family for the return of, um, what's his name, the Red Hood? The- Oh, Jason Todd. Jason, Jason Todd. Todd. Long time. It was, yeah, it was a Nineteen eighties to the aughts, right? Yeah. So fifteen years, maybe over ten, maybe even twenty years. So if they kill off Dick Grayson, you're assuming you're going to see that same kind of time frame, right? Uh, yeah, and you, I mean, if you think even about Barry Allen, mm-hmm. Hell Infinite Crisis, which is eighty three to two thousand eleven, something like that. So, I mean, that's a character that could be gone for a while that people are just mm-hmm. going to be going crazy about bringing him back. And Barry Allen, they tried to bring back three different times and just, he, like, pulled the punch each time. Yeah. Even in a crisis, it was going to be back, and they brought back Bart instead. So, yeah. Uh, that's, that's my pick, John. Uh, my character is someone who's got a lot of stuff going on with the new X-Men books. Hmm. Going to be making a big screen appearance and I think it's someone who's due a change to what they've been doing with him. And it's a character I've not really cared about ever. I was excited until you said him because I'm like, yeah, Psylocke. Awesome. Uh, Living a month. Psylocke. Yep. It's going to be Scott Summers. I think they've gotten so far away from that character. They need just one of those moments to freshen up that character. Because it's something that a writer makes a bad decision with that 
character, and then they just go, all right, let's just keep going with it. Yeah. And he's a lead, you know, he's a leader. He's supposed to be more moral. Mm-hmm. He was always the Boy Scout, always the moral guy, and they've kind of gone like, let's do the opposite. He's a him. Boy Scout, but he's the Boy Scout making all the wrong choices. Yeah, you know, like, like I'd like to see a redemption, a redemption story. of that character, and I think hopefully you'll be getting that in these x-men books maybe because they're just making them out to be the villain and they've mm-hmm. done that for the last what like five Four years, years. Yeah. and it, it seems like they might be trying to turn that around a little bit though and yeah. that's why i'm saying like this is the this is the year where he finally turns year. that corner this is again the, when we get my cyclops back mm-hmm. did i need him back i don't know but i kind of want him back it's the same thing when you know like with you peter parker get- you'd always just be like Leave him alone. Writers, leave him alone. Stop. Now he's not with Mary Jane. Now mm-hmm. it never existed. Now he's dead. Now he's just... Now he's Stockock. Just let him be Spider-Man. Leave him alone. And I feel the same way kind John of... John is pulling his hair just like the Britney Spears leave him alone guy right now. <laughs> it's kind of funny. That's not true. I'm, I'm surprised you my hands, knocked off your head. My hands were on either side of me just like, hey, please. I go along with each and w- every one of your wacky... Yeah, but that wasn't good. That was a weird thing that you just, just said. Fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> if it was good, I'd go with it. It was odd. I judgments. <laughs> <laughs> you say, I got stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would like to see... I agree. I, I think Scott, Skymer, Scott Summers' Cyclops is a character that... Yeah, they're, they're making into a villain and just so against who he is that I don't understand why they're doing it. Especially now that Wolverine's dead. It's not like he's the antithesis of Wolverine where Wolverine was then becoming the school teacher and finding his place and Scott Summers was the guy that lost his place. So who's he up against right now? Who's he the counterbalance to if Wolverine is dead? You know, it's... it. Thematically, story-wise, I don't understand him being the villain still. But I do believe that it's going to take something large, like Jean Grey, the actual Jean Grey, not a displaced timeline Jean Grey coming back for him to get that to get that redemption story. Well, I thought that was going to be the big thing with that X Men crew coming back mm-hmm. and that young Scott like showing him like. No, see, this is your That's ideal was, system. Yeah, yeah. This is, and I, and then it was like, nope, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not gonna happen. And then they're like, wouldn't it be fun for uh, the Beast to fall in love with Jean Grey instead of Scott? Well, they, well, they like they they flipped that whole thing though, because like by Hank bringing back the X Men to show Scott the error of its ways, now everyone's like turned against Hank though, because like you yeah. can't keep doing shit like this. Yeah, Dark Beast. With all your craziness, yeah, and then Gene, and then Young Scott falls for X twenty three because they're like, oh, because it's like Wolverine. See, get it? It's weird. It's different. It's, it's not good because sometimes like, writers and go just decide to do just like let's do something crazy and different than nobody expects. And sometimes writers like Mark Waite say, hey, let's give uh, readers exactly what they want. But let's do it really well. Like Archie. Archie. Uh, granted, in 2015, there was the four issues that of Archie that were released. 
but I think 2016 uh, is, is going to show a whole new realm for uh, my love of Archie. When you get that yeah. first volume out? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when that first volume hits of the Mark Wade uh, written series, it, I think it's going to be big. Uh, Archie, I have to give it to uh, Archie Comics. They've been doing everything with Archie. After Life with Archie, which is a zombie story, uh, the day in the life of Archie, where he, you know, what if the what if stories about what if Archie marries Veronica, what if uh, Archie marries uh, Betty, they've done some crazy stuff. And here in the actual titular story of Archie, uh, we get him as a high school student just being a high school student, and it's been a lot of fun reading. And I'm very excited for 2016 to get more of this. And I think exactly like what John said was my main point is once we get that first trade i think the buzz and the speculation of how great and the talk of how great the series is will really pick up steam so archie archie i see archie which i would never assumed that i would say back in 2009 when we started this comic book podcast that we would that i would ever want a year ago that i would be like yes an archie book it is crazy uh, and I think the last thing we do with these year forwards is we look back at oh, the people geez, that we pool. picked to not to die in this death pool or who didn't die in this death pool and pick new ones. Uh, we've been doing this for the last six years. Uh, we've tried never to repeat a person, so I'm pretty sure I know who everyone has picked, so you might get a little veto vote. Um, I think I'm in the win with Amy Winehouse from our first or second year. Paul is in second place with Dick Clark. Hey, I got one person right. Uh, Chris has never he's ne- he's never picked a winner, but also Chris just shoots from his hip and he's like, I like Star Wars. I don't want to see these people die. <laughs> Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. He picked both of those people <laughs> for one year. Yeah. Thank goodness that didn't yeah, happen. Just, Otherwise, we I wouldn't just, have Force Awakens. Yeah, I honestly still don't know who I'm going to pick for this year. Like, I'm <laughs> terrible at picking this, and maybe that's why I've never won. But. And granted, we could have had Force Awakens without Mark Hamill. That could have been all CGI. <laughs> <laughs> could have been. It might have been. I don't even know if he's alive. It might be. Uh, it might be a secret. I'm going to have to use the uh, take a break here and really think about this though. I, I don't know who's starting. I, I yeah, think I, I think I, you're going to start, Paul. All right. Who's your pick? I, I did pick Hulk Hogan before. Yeah. So I'm going to go with a D-list celebrity uh, who had her own reality show for a while. And it's also been in uh, some disaster, like, sci- direct-to-sci-fi original movies. And that's uh, Brooke Hogan. Okay. That's... Brooke Hogan <laughs> is going to be my pick. Um she does. She has very, it barely has a career, but uh, I think it's going to see see the end soon. It's going to see the end. Soon. I think I think she's more famous for the phone calls she receives now than the actual. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It's it's the phone call that was apparently uh, recorded uh, about from Hulk Hogan to prove that he was racist, oh. or to show that he was uh. racist. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Brooke Hogan is my pick. Sadly, uh, she will be remembered for her knowing best, and that's about it. 
Chris, you got anything? Got the uh, stewing? I I'm doing some research quick. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Kirk Douglas is still alive. Wow, the dad of Michael Douglas. Yes. Yes. Uh, wow. He's, he was born in 1916. He's had a stroke. So yeah, Kirk Douglas, my number go. one. All right. Hmm. John, hold on, hold on. I'm try. I keep track of all this stuff for <laughs> our year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Keep talking. Don't don't put it on your old phone again. No, I, mm-hmm. it's on the new phone. Your new phone. All right, Kirk Douglas. Um, it's on there. Uh, I'm gonna go with another oldie. Another classic actor. Uh, An oldie but a goodie. The original James Bond, Sean Connery. Okay. How mm-hmm. old is he? Uh, I think he's close to 90. Wow, really? But he hasn't been doing anything since... Since Avengers was his last movie. No. A little thing called... I tried to draw it out. The... Alan Moore book. Uh, oh, League of League Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen. That came out after uh, Avengers, the the British Avengers. Yeah. That was his last thing. He oh, kind of came out of retirement, retirement. to do that yeah. and then oh. was like, no thanks. Oh. All right, Mr. Brooke Hogan, your next choice. Uh, the Toronto Mayor, Rob, uh, what's, Rob I don't Ford. Know. Is he a celebrity? I don't think so. Okay. All right. I was hoping. <laughs> Because that would be a great pick, right? Yeah. He's he's coked out of his mind. Coked out of his mind. Uh, Jimmy Carter? No. He's old. <laughs> they want to give me much. Uh, you already got low points. I do have low points. I need someone to, young. Well, I went young. I went with Brooke Hogan. Oh, you want Brooke Hogan. Who's young? Uh, so I need to go somebody else that's young. Uh, let's go with... Uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, the, the sounds like you're ordering something from Starbucks. Uh, Grande, uh, Ariana, Air, Ariana Grande. Okay, she's a singer. She, I don't know any of the songs she sings, and um, it's fine. Yeah, I saw her on Jimmy Fallon. That's all. See, I, know I, I think she's gonna be alive because she's gonna have people to keep her alive. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I want to <laughs> no. Uh, well, I changed my mind to Jimmy Fallon, but I'm not going to do that yet. Well, he's had several accidents where he's almost lost fingers. So, <laughs> you want, do you want to revisit yours, Paul? Nope, nope. I, I like Ariana, Ariana, Adriana. I don't know her first name. Grande. I don't even know who she is. So she's a pop singer. She uh, she's on Nickelodeon shows. Was she? What Nickelodeon? Yeah, shows? she's on uh, Sam and Cat with the girl that was on oh, Carly. Oh, she was the she was a cat. Oh, then I, she definitely. Everyone deserved, wasn't the blonde girl. Then she definitely deserves to die because Sam is so much better than cat. Um, for my next pick, you might not know this guy's name, but you know his body of work, or at least one thing he's been in. Or his. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mr. Henry Thomas. Right. And Henry more. Thomas is the actor that played. The young Elliot Taylor in Steven Spielberg's E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Oh. I, t- I want to try to go out of left field. Uh, I didn't know this guy's name until I just Wikipedia'd him. He is still alive. He's 44, so we'll we'll see. Uh, he also did the audiobooks for 
three of the Star Wars X-Wing titles, Rogue Squadron in 1996, Wedge's Gamble in 1996, and the Kratos Trap in 1996 as well. He's he's in Ouija 2, which is in post-production right now. It's going to be coming out oh, in 2016. Oh, going to finish his parts with CGI. He was in Sons of Liberty. He's starring as John Adams. Ooh. Titular character. Uh, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna follow suit with Chris and pick another person whose last name is Thomas. Ooh, and that's gonna be Dave Thomas. Oh. No, he's already dead. Not the Wendy's guy. <laughs> the spokesman for Wendy's. That's the only. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about from uh, from uh, SCTV. Dave Thomas. Screenwriter. Yeah, oh, from um, Second City. Yeah. The other guy for, from screen, uh, Strange, Strange Brew. Brew. Yeah, not, not Rick Moranis, the other guy. Strange Brew. I couldn't think of it. Oh. Really? Oh, that's, He's been be on sad. Comedy Bang Bang quite a bit. I, I went with those, one of those people that you're not expecting to die. And most of the time when we pick these people, they don't die. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to die. <laughs> He, he provided additional voices in The Legend of Korra. <laughs> I'm on oh. IMDb. <laughs> it's just it's just usually crazy, random happenstance that these people who we pick actually die. Except for when you picked Dick Clark, because he was like 98 and had had just a major stroke. He, he was like two years out from that major stroke. He was still doing The Rocking Eve. It was still Dick Clark's no, Rocky. You picked him the year that, like, right after he did it, he, yeah, he pushed himself so hard that he died. Yeah. Already, he was point. already half robot at that point. <laughs> it's just smart. Just, it was just a smart choice. You're right, Paul. <laughs> uh, and that's going to wrap us up for our uh, look forward. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, maybe hey, make... Thanks for another year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Listeners, you are the reason we... Listeners, you are the main reason. You are the only reason we look forward to doing these episodes during 2016. Other than this, we would probably just call each other and just hang out on the phone. But Paul Paul needs us to go see movies. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, I would never see a single movie. I wouldn't know what movies came out. I would be that guy in the office being like, what? There's other Star Wars movies? You're telling me there's another Captain America movie coming out? No way. Like two of them. Not the one where he's riding a motorcycle. <laughs> he always rides motorcycles. I read comic books. He makes motorcycles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's the thing people say at the office. <laughs>